Salutations, felicitations, and jubilations. This is RPG Cast 698 for the week of November the 4th. I'm the host, not Privetio. I am Phil Willis, a.k.a. JC Server, the Utah Polygamist, and I am here with a handful of other people to talk about the news of the week here alive on Twitch, and we are doing this for Extra Life as well. All at the same, there's so much going on at once, I can barely wrap my head around it all, but let me introduce my good friends to help me out. First, we have Miss Sam Marcello. Oh man, I'm not walking mature anymore. I'm helping you out here. I'm trying. I'm. I, it's. It's a. I'm. I'm tur- a new house. I'm turning over a new leaf. There you go. Damn. Well, hello everyone. I promise to be calm and tame and chaste and wholesome for the whole cast. Thank I promise the high to break heavens. you of that. No, no. Do not encourage the beast within. No, we are not. No. Uh, Sam, what do you why? Because it's fun. <laughs> We have Miss Kelly Unrealistic Ryan. Realistic expectations. Oh my God! I I did I just get unjet lagged, and then the world decides to do daylight savings this week. How am I going to survive? <laughs> and then we have Matt Meansome, and I'm calling you Meansome because you're being mean and trying to make Sam be bad, bad Matt, That's- bad. I can't help. That was my polygamist this week. You know, it happens. Oh, my goodness gracious. Terrible, terrible. No, no. We're going to have a nice, wholesome podcast today. We're doing this for the children. Let's remember don't, the children. Don't we have a Thirsty Suitors review? Yeah. <laughs> thirsty Suitors? Uh, that leads right into know? everything else. Oh, my gosh. Hey, you know what? Let's lead into what we've been playing. That's what we should be leading into. Okay. And I'm sure that Kelly has been playing some nice, wholesome games. Um, I, I don't know. Could you call near wholesome? Of course, uh, one of the first things I did in the game was look up her skirt. And then, no, my, no. And then my husband was like, wait, can't you blow her skirt off? And pulled up a YouTube video. And I was like, oh, you can. Uh, Look at that. That being said, I, I've been playing Near Automata. Um, I'm playing it for Near November for Backtrack this month. Because we're, hmm. we're doing the for first. All the puns. Yeah, for the first two games, technically. That that series is weird. I, I told Vaughn, this is. Yokotar was looking at what uh, Hideo Kojima was doing at the time and said, hold my beer. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I don't want to get too too into that and burn material for the show, but I did pick up Mario Wonder. Um, I, so before I left for Japan, apparently I was employee of the month and got like a sizable gift card from Amazon. And I, I ended up using like a good chunk of it to buy a new Keurig um, so that I could pour, you know, coffee back into production, as it were. And then I was like, well, what am I going to do with the rest of this? Oh, yeah, this new Mario game came out. And I did. And people have been calling it the true Super Mario, Mario World 2, and I'm inclined to believe it. Mm. Um, every level is so unique and interesting to play through. And then you do the, the wonder flower, which is the gimmick of this game. And it changes the entire level up into ways that really make you kind of, or really kind of unexpected. Some of them is like, Oh, okay. I didn't think that they were going to go there. And I, I've been having so much fun playing it. Even when some of the levels I've been cursing because of the mm. difficult platforming. 
Oh, that's some high praise indeed. I mean, Super, I remember way back in the old days when Super Nintendo Super Mario World was just mind-blowingly good. I mean, it was just really showed off what the Super Nintendo can do, and yet was also so full of imagination at the same time. Mm-hmm. And and I have not liked a lot of the new, the quote-unquote new Super Mario's game, Mario Brothers games, not since the new Super Mario Brothers on the DS, just because I felt that the levels are really samey and way too bloated and not that interesting. And this game goes back to the nice, short, and sweet levels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're not going to spend too much time. Well, so far, you're not going to spend too much time in any of them. And and, and also, the online stuff has been great, because um, if you die, uh, another player can touch you and revive you, and vice versa. Uh, and is the is it is it two is it on a two dimensional plane like side to side or is it going like like three D land or is it going on full on galaxy? Um, it's two D. It's two okay, D cool. most cool. of the time. I don't want to. Some of the wonder flowers do some crazy things. That I don't want to spoil oh, any okay. of that. Um, cool. Sounds just super saying. interesting. Oh, it, it has been such a blast. I the only reason why I put it put it down was so that I could get a good chunk into near so that I can finish that in time. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I'm done with near, which I'm pretty sure I'm n- near the end of, no pun intended. Um, as soon as I'm done with that, I'm going right back to Mario, and then probably going to something on Sam's list. Okay, cool. Anything else for us? Um, I was in Japan for two weeks and taunting poor Matt with images of slimes and UFO catchers machines, and being like, "How do I resist this?" <laughs> and, and then, they were the size of like uh, large animals. Yeah, they, they were. The I, I think that they're meant to be like accent pillows or something. And then they had ones like that for sale. And I was like, I really want one of these big slimes, but we already have enough of it. We had to buy an extra suitcase to bring stuff back. And it's like, we already have are having enough of a space issue. I really shouldn't get this. So I just got me a little king slime. Um, since I, I think I was missing a king, king slime from my original collection. And then um, I, bought, I found a she slime. Though I did lose my mind at the um, convenience store that was done up for Dragon Quest Treasures. Mm. Yeah, what store was that? Um, Lawson. It, uh, we, oh yeah, we went, that's we, yeah. We went, we went primarily to Osaka, though we did do a day in Kyoto. And um, Osaka kind of has their own little Akihabara called Dinden Town. And one of the first things we saw when we got off the train was the uh, Dragon Quest themed Lawson. And I walked in there, grabbed an armload of stuff. Um, put, put and it back. play a tune when you walk in the door? Yep. 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 Uh, it does a little tune. Heard and- so much. Yeah, I, and, I and, love and it. What surprised me is that every all everywhere else was all done up with um, Dragon Quest Monsters Three stuff. So I was surprised that they didn't change that one up to be Monsters Three. They still had it, it done up treasures. as treasures. Yeah, yeah. When I went to hmm. Japan back in 2018, one of the Lawsons that we saw, it had all the wives uh, from Dragon Quest Five. Ah, uh. <laughs> and it was back I think when it was like one of the mobile games had come out. And I remember because, like, I went and purposely got my picture taken with Deborah because yes, Deborah's the best, best one. Yeah. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everybody who likes the other two, but let's be real. You're supposed to marry Deborah. You know why? Because she puts you in your place. I love a woman stops me down. Is Deborah the blonde you know, one? It's no, uh, no, black hair. Bianca is the blonde. Okay. 
Yeah, I guess that's the canon choice. Like, yeah, she's the boring choice. And then the blue-haired one whose name I never remember because she's so boring. You never remember? Never remember her name. Well, no, that's her name, Nera. 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 I never remember her name. <laughs> you never remember it. Why? Why wouldn't you date Deborah? Again, Deborah, the correct choice. You know what? Question of the week. Deborah, correct choice? Yes or no? <laughs> and if you say no, I'll find you in the comments. So, you know what? You are, you know, spoilers for a 35-year-old game or whatever at this point, but you are not the hero. You are not the legendary hero in Dragon Quest V. So, you know what? You need a wife to put you in your place. Yep, I do. This is totally true. And I know she wasn't in the Sinas version, but also thank you for reminding us, Scar. But it's also one of those, she should have been. (laughs) Oh, no. That's why they make the the game better. They made the game better. Oh, no. If she's not the right choice, how is that a better version? Exactly. Team Deborah. 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 Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've lost control. A- anything else for us, Miss Kelly? Um, I will never take my cr- cats for granted again because we went to a cat cafe where the cats were clearly chosen for their looks and not their personality. Because oh, no. they were some some of the dumbest cats I had ever met in my whole life. <laughs> um, because they were like purebreds. And I, I don't know, maybe my sister pointed out, maybe it's because they get messed with all day and just reach a stopping point and we went at a bad time. But I've never known a cat to not lose their mind when you wave a toy in front of them. And these guys were just like, what am I supposed to do with this? Um, so, you know, as soon as I got home, I picked up my cats and hugged them and kissed them and told them how much I missed them. And they haven't left me out of their sight since I got home last week. Aww. Now, Kelly, did you go to the Otter Cafe? No, I did not. I'm very confused that an Otter Cafe exists. (laughs) But I saw it when I was in Japan, and I was like, this seems wrong. That that might have been in Tokyo. Yeah. Um, Because Osaka is kind of like Tokyo light. They have a lot of the same stuff, but it's um, not everything isn't as big. Like, we went to the tower. Records and the Tower Records in Tokyo is like seven floors with one floor just completely devoted to heavy metal, which is where I lived that whole trip. And this one is just kind of like uh, half the store is devoted to J-pop and K-pop, and the rest is just f- find your favorite genre. Um, s- same with the the toy stores, the ki- the Kitty Land. Um, there's a multi-level toy store in Tokyo and this one it was just one floor and it was all Hello Kitty stuff um, I, d- I did find some interesting stores though like we went to the Ninten- official Nintendo store in one of the malls and my god it was a Monday and that place was busy I, I mean like we I think we waited like 30 minutes in line to check out um, and then right next door was the Pokemon Center and I definitely spent a good chunk of money there um, buying Pokemon plushies including a very, very cuddly Sprigadito plush. Uh, Oh, and we went to the Capcom store, Phil, and I I showed Mm -hmm. you pictures of your favorite, in air Mm -hmm. quotes, monster. So cute. Um, That There was a pile of Keizu plushes, and they look just as obscene in plush form as they do in regular form. Uh, (laughs) You know, in hindsight, I should have bought one, but... I, I was trying to be a little bit more frugal this time around because last time I spent way too much money. Um, oh, and um, one more thing to bring up before we move on. If you do go to Japan and are looking for um, 
games that ha- that haven't gotten a physical release over here, the department store Bit Camera is where you need to go, because they actually label on the front of their uh, Switch games whether whether or not they have English support. Oh, uh, so nice. yeah, fabulous. So, yeah, I saw the uh, Etrian Odyssey collection. I was like, oh, wait, oh, it's not English. Okay, well that's pretty useless to me. But I did pick up the Benton Kaitos uh, double pack. Because that, that one, I was really upset we didn't get a physical release over here. And it's fully English-supported. And nice. because, because the yen's kind of weak right now, um, it ended up being a lot cheaper. I think oh. it only ended up being like 30 bucks at the end of the day. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've ha- had a lot of fun. Um, I- I'd say I'm road-tripped out, but I'm going to a concert two hours away next weekend. <sighs> noise who are you seeing uh dragon force awesome um dragon force amaranth uh nano war steel who i'm looking forward to the most and i'm in their fan club and i'm gonna give them fan art and then some other band i think called i have eternity that i've never heard of hmm. but Dra- dragon force is gonna be a blast i mean yeah dragon force <laughs> damn so I, I've been looking forward to that concert for like two months now. So, so yeah, that that was my two weeks in a nutshell. I'm I'm still tired. Twelve hour flights suck. Oh yeah, don't do it. Nope. No, don't. But I want to do it. But don't. Oh, I mean, if you have an opportunity to do Japan at least once in your, once in your life, by all means, do it. And. If you're not, if you have trouble with the language, do Tokyo because they're very English friendly. And even even Osaka, which didn't have a lot of English, I pulled out my phone and used the um, translator uh, mm-hmm. to translate a lot of the menus and stuff. Oh, nice! Uh, yeah, and that was very handy. Google hard at work. Yep. I mean, don't get me wrong. Osaka was fun too, and so was Kyoto. We went to the uh, manga museum there, um, and and then did the bamboo forest and the shrine and stuff. But I I think Tokyo is a good beginner Japan experience. Cool, righty. Well, let's uh, let's move on and see what Miss Sam has for us. Oh boy, you want to know what I've been playing? What you've been playing, Miss Sam? I'm sure it's a, very wholesome. A lot of worlds of horror. <laughs> Tell me about that, because I've seen a lot of videos, and I love Junji Ito-style horror, but I've also heard the game's kind of hard. The game is hard, absolutely, but the game is also, it rewards you for failure. Ah. So that's a key thing to, like, always remember when you're playing it is, you know, you might find one thing really hard, but then you unlock other things because, let's say, you know, you got an achievement for doing something stupid. Like, a lot of the achievements in the game unlock new things. So it's one of those, it's worth it to fail to just work through the achievements as opposed to sometimes having a completed run. So I've had a couple interesting situations where um, I had a bot, like I had a a run where I died because I got turned into dog food. (laughs) Um, The only reason that happened was because my doom counter hit 100 while I was in a shop. (laughs) It was the shop with the corgi. So they're like, you've been turned into dog food. And I was like, hi, that's a death. That happens if you die at PetSmart too. I know, right? (laughs) I sent that one to my roommate and I'm like, did you? Did you get this one? And he was like, no. He's like, how did you do that? I'm like, I doomed, I doomed died in like 
the, 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 the store with the corgi. The corgi ate me. And I was like, that's awful. <laughs> um, today, I got a status effect where I had no face. <laughs> oh, which was a okay. new one. So did, there's a mask. And you must scream, right? Absolutely. Okay. Um, there's a mask. Uh, during one of the, uh, depending on which mystery you get, there's this particular one where uh, this guy will give you a mask when you defeat him. So I put the mask on, didn't think much of it. I was just like, it's got status effects. Like, this is great. This is going to be fun. Uh, and then I took it off, and then I got a new one that said, you are now faceless. <laughs> and I look at him like, what happened? Oh, oh, it's the crestfallen mask. That makes sense. Oh, boy. <laughs> Um, it's so fun though. What sold me on this game and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you if you've gotten it yet and you don't have to go into too much detail if you don't want spoilers, but have you gotten noticed by something truly evil yet? Yes. Okay. It's delightful. (laughs) I I, I, I am an analog horror freak. And I love stuff that messes with you. And when I found out about something truly evil and what it does, I was yeah. like, I, I need to get this, but I also need time to play it. I mean, what I like about World of Horror, for the most part, is a run can be completed. Like, if you're successful, you can do it within a half an hour, very easily. And again, there's a lot of encouragement for you to try different things and fail upwards. Right. Again, failure is very, very important. Um, because when you fail, sometimes you get a new character. Sometimes you're dog food. It just depends what the <laughs> game's feeling in that moment, right? Like, um, like for example, I have um, I, I was doing a run where I was trying to find basically what is the equivalent of Ash from Evil Dead's daughter? Oh, like that's the character archetype. And in order to do it, you have to have a specific perk, and you have to basically wander the forest till you find a bloody sweater. I did that for a while, and I was like, well, why is she not, like, rolling? Because, again, good old RNG. I'm like, mm-hmm. why is she not rolling? And then I was like, I had to look it up, and I'm like, oh, I need to have a specific card pack enabled. Because that's the other thing. Like, as you complete runs, you get card packs that give character-specific perks. So when you level up, you roll, like, you can either roll just a generic perk, which are still handy, or a character-specific one. And in the case of this one, you need, like, an outdoorsman perk. So I managed to get it, redid the run, and then she shot me. <laughs> and then the game was like, you now have Moriko because she shot you in the face. And I was like, okay, that was a successful run. I got shot in the face. <laughs> nice. Right? So, I mean, I, I'm in love with World of Horror. I don't love the UI at times just because it's, it's very busy. <laughs> That's one of, the, one of the main issues I do have with it. But as I've played it more, I'm starting to get used to where... All the flashy bits are when I need to level up because I don't play a lot of games like this. So mm-hmm. for me, it was definitely a learning curve. And what I like about the game a lot is just the fact that no run feels the same. You could get the same mysteries that you've already done, but there's a good chance that there's maybe a different ending you haven't acquired or uh, a different uh, random event that maybe you haven't encountered. And sometimes it requires you to just change some of the settings before you start the run because there's different storylines. Like there's a world of horror storyline versus there's the occult of Japan, which is all about the cult that's trying to summon the old god, right? Mm-hmm. So as you do different things, you also have different backstories you can use, and the backstories <laughs> offer negative status effects at the beginning. So the one I did this morning, the ill-fated one, 
no matter what I do, I fail every check. <laughs> and I did complete the run, but it, I, I almost died. It was one of those, again, having the faceless uh, negative status and then also being like hungry, like would eat away at my stamina. It's like, oh, okay, game. You're not being very friendly. Like there's a character, for example, that you can collect curses with. Like she just starts with curses. And as you progress through different investigations, you just get more curses. But there's a way to beat the game with it because having some of the curses also boosts certain stats. But then obviously make some of your other stats a negative. So again, there's a lot of fun to just play with the different status effects, the, the different builds that you can make. And there's no wrong way to play World of Horror. Um, I didn't get any eye gouging in the last uh, the last two times I played, so that's a positive. I mean, I guess losing my face is kind of an eye gouge, but let's be real, I literally just lost my whole face. So <laughs> I feel like maybe that doesn't count. Um, and yeah, no, just... I, I honestly think it's one of the best games I've played this year. The other game... Oh, before be, before yeah. you move on, I will point out to people that uh, not only can you read more detailed thoughts from uh, from 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 this um, uh, say I'm on our website or, or I've lost track again. Yes, at RP Gamer. <laughs> but we also have a YouTube video of this up. So you can go over to youtube.com forward slash RP Gamer. And that's our that's our newest review right there, World of Horror. Oh, you guys are making me blush. You're making me blush. Got it. Oh, Got to question. do a little, little yep. pimpage. One more question before you move on. What are you, what are you playing it on Switch? Uh, PC, actually. Oh, good. Um, so, you, so you get the full interface. Yes. Fun. I, I've seen how the console version looks. And I'm sure it's serviceable. I'm actually waiting for, because they are doing a physical release, at least for Switch. Mm-hmm. So I did order it for the library. So I'm waiting for that to come in because I am going to grab it because I want to see the differences. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if it arrives before December. Uh, but that's a different different problem for library-related <laughs> Sam, not RPG Cal Sam. Um, I've also been playing an embargoed game that I can't really talk about. But just know that hopefully... We will have our review uh, on time this week. If the game doesn't stop throwing so many addictive side quests at me. Um, so there's your hint. Uh, <laughs> and, oh, I, uh, I think I know. And last but not least, I am playing the re-release of the year that I screamed about when it was announced. I am playing Star Ocean 2 R. Oh, that looks so uh, good. My copy, so my copy just arrived yesterday, and I'm trying to, get to hurry up through Nier so that I can at least boot it up. It's so pretty! <gasps> it looks so good! I, I spent this morning screaming in my chair. It took me like 10 minutes to figure out who I was starting as, because I love both Claude <laughs> and Reyna. Um, again, like Claude Netsu Leon and playing as Reyna gets you Diaz. Um, and there's my brain going, I like both of them! <laughs> so there, there was a lot of yelling at like 7 this morning. Uh, I'm not super far into it. I've gotten to, and this is not really a spoiler, the first real dungeon in the game um, where you meet Alan, Rena's childhood friend, and he's a creep mo, and he's still a creep mo. I will say, I really am digging the new localization. Mostly because, like, I have fond memories of the terribleness of the PlayStation version because I've played it like 10 times. 
But mm-hmm. I am totally waiting for the possibility of like, is there going to be equivalent to opera saying, I'm going to turn you into a beehive? Um, <laughs> so stupid. Will I get opera? Probably not because Ashton is most sincere boy and I have to have Ashton. I've gotten opera exactly one time in like that 10 playthroughs I've done because I just can't say no to Ashton. Um, I don't know if anyone else is like this. Did, did you ever complete the grid with all the sound files back in the day? No. God, no. But I got most of them, I'm going to say. Okay. I, I always wanted to, but then that, that final boss is so hard, I burn out pretty quick. I mean, that's the thing about the original Star Ocean. The boss fights in that game were just utter bullshit. Mm-hmm. Utter, utter, utter bullshit. And you loved and hated the game for it because it was one of those, you were a masochist. You couldn't stop but want to go back and be like, no, 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 I am taking you down. And then the boss going, slap. And then you're like, what? Yeah. Try again. Slap. <laughs> um, I've heard this version is a little on the easy side, which. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm fine with because as I've gotten older, I have less patience. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it, right? When you, once you're old, you don't have the same level of free time you did when, you know, you're a dumb 10, 13-year-old being like, I'm going to take this to the cottage. It's the only game I'm going to play for the whole summer. And my mom going, for the love of God, child, you have other games. I'm like, I know, but I love everyone so much. Yeah. Um, like, I'm still also now running the debate in my head of, do I get Bowman versus Priestess? And I'm like, it's probably going to be Priestess. Probably. I like her. She's got the robo arms. Um, whereas Bowman's got like weird martial arts and he has that weird spinning bullet move that makes absolutely no sense, but I'm here for it. <laughs> well, and enjoy this because this is peak star ocean and it's all downhill from here. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, so funny story to go with this. Uh, so I sent my husband to go buy me star ocean and uh, star ocean R. And he was like, I went to the Walmart and the guy like found like there was one copy of the game, but he didn't know what I was talking about. Scott just said Star Ocean. <laughs> oh, geez. So oh. I ended up with an extra copy of Divine Force. Oh, which I now have it on PS5. And my husband was so excited. He's like, I found Star Ocean for you. And I had to look at him. I'm like, sweetheart. He's like, yeah. And I, he could see my face. He was like, I did good, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, this is not the right Star Ocean. He's like, it's not. Wow. I'm like, no, sweetie. I'm like, this is Divine Force. I actually have this on PS4. But, and he was like, but, but, uh, uh, panic, panic. I'm like, you still did good. I, I, I'm proud of you. It's, it's okay. <laughs> the funny but announced. The funny but annoying thing about that game is that I was enjoying my time with it, but I bailed on it because the text is too small. Yeah, I'm curious. I've heard that too. Like, um, I, I have a 62-inch TV, and I cannot read some of the text on, um, like, when items pop or some of the subscreens. Yeah, yeah. I'm. My eyesight's gotten a lot worse, so I'm, I'm a little concerned for that. Um, I ended up I just got Star Ocean 2 digitally, and I will say the font, everything is good. It's nice. It's legible. The changes in the battle system feel a little weird, but that's really just because you don't have, you have a different button scheme with the PS5 controller. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have the level of franticness so far, which I'm like, but that's one thing I liked about the old one. Everything felt crazy. And I had to like swap between everybody really quickly to be like, I need to do this. Or, you know, have everybody use their magic at once. And I don't know. I'm, I'm going to 
I'm going to keep going. Because I feel like what I have played of the battle system so far is still really good. It's nice and streamlined. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I love all the characters. So that's been my struggle bus right now is just, I want to recruit everybody except Ernest. He is the most unlikable prick. Ernest can die in a fire. I don't care what opera says. Mm-hmm. Opera great, Ernest bad. Um, but otherwise, I don't know how my playthrough is going to go. I'm going to kind of just work through it and see who I randomly encounter and then see who becomes my party. Um, because that is like a lot of the fun with the private actions and stuff like that. I mean, the amount of private actions that are just Celine being like, I want to sleep with you, Claude, but I'm not going to say it that way. And then, oh, oh, you want to sleep with Raina. Um, I'm going to work on helping you do that instead. <laughs> I'm hoping they kept all that yeah. because I'm going to be pissed otherwise. <laughs> Look, when my childhood best friend and I were kids, we used to take Microsoft, what was it, PowerPoint, and we used to make little storylines with the with the uh, with the character art, <laughs> and we'd write stories about like who was with who and who was dating who. We were we were special. <laughs> we were very special. But Celine Celine holds a special place in all our hearts because she's just she is she is the thirsty woman that you know some of us will become when they're almost forty. <laughs> She's, she's a, witch, a good role right? model. Yeah, she's a witch. Okay, yeah. Like, she's kind model. of a good role model, right? Right? Right. And I always feel like every time I try to play this game, I, I, I'm like, I want to get somebody else, and I still end up with Ashton. No, you don't bother. Your choice is Ashton or Opera. And honestly, stats-wise, Ashton is better. Oh, I know. Ashton's a beast. He, it's he's the got problem the best, of, best magic. I think one of the issues with Ashton versus Opera as well as there are way more steps for Opera. Mm-hmm. And it again requires you to actually make the like you can absolutely get Opera without getting Ernest. But the whole point of her story is she is trying to find her ex lover who is a loser who nobody likes except her for some stupid reason when she could do obviously better. Um, <laughs> it's one of those her storyline is just not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Whereas you do Ashton's storyline and his is not only fulfilling, but again, he is most sincere boy. So how can you be mad at him? Right. Right. It's easy to be mad at opera. It is very hard to be mad at Ashton. And, and it, I love his little dragons. Oh, uh, the fact that they fight. <laughs> <laughs> they fight. I had a friend years ago who dressed up as Ashton for Anime North and he looked adorable. He had little dragons and everything. But that's it. Like the character choices in Star Ocean 2, like I love them because every character is very, very different. Yep. And it doesn't matter who you pick because everybody can contribute to the party um, in various ways. Um, the hardest decision between Ash and Opera, the other one being is Leon and Diaz. And the problem with that one is that one is locked to which character you start with. So if you pick Claude, you get Leon. And Leon's a fantastic magic user. He's also an obnoxious little boy. <laughs> right? Whereas you get Diaz, who hates everybody, but he's a powerful swordsman and absolutely worth having on your team. Right? Like, the choices are mean in Star Ocean. Yep. They're so mean. Well, aren't you meant to play through it multiple times? You are. You are. Because, again, there's over 80 endings in the game based on, like, what private actions you saw, whose relationships are higher with who, um... A lot of the time, I always ended up with the same ending, which is Claude and Raina together, which 
no one's surprised they are the couple of the game. Um, but I did actually have one years ago where I, it was Claude and Diaz, and they kind of just they went on an adventure together. And I was like, huh, given they hated each other through most of the game, I'm surprised I had enough positive <laughs> positive points for that to happen. Um, I did start with Reyna this time just because, in general, I want Diaz just because, again, some of those boss fights, you're going to need the extra, the extra oomph in your power. And Diaz will give you that. And again, having too many magic users in this game at once is not fun times. <laughs> yeah, especially since they tend to be squishy. They're so squishy. I mean, um, Noel. I always think of Noel. I'm like, why are you so squishy? And like, he's, I think, the worst defender for the squishy award. You also get him late enough, though, that also, like, he just sucks. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. But that's what I've been playing, and I mean, I'm playing through uh, Nayuda Boundless Tales as we're doing RPG cast, um, but I'm not very far into it. I'm maybe only still in chapter one, but I'm having a ball. You finished that, didn't you, Matt? I was going to say, what a transition. Right? Yes. <clears throat> just what set indeed. it up for me. Yeah, I just finished that about two weeks ago. Now, I did not play the new remake of it or the new update or whatever. I played the uh, PSP. I got the fan translation and was, had that sitting around forever. So I was like, oh, you know, the release of the one this summer just got me thinking about it. And it's sitting there on my Vita. And I was like, I, I just got to I got to try this. So I did go through, played it, beat it. Um, looks like there's an extensive post game, but like that started right away. I was like, nope, I rolled credits at the end. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Um, because being, being a PSP title, I, I have classically, or I, I never really liked the PS1 graphics. PS1 3D was always like my eyesore. Talk about a horror game. Um, quite a bit of those things have not aged well and, Heck, even back in the late '90s, I almost skipped PS1 completely just because I was like, "This, this is this is not me. This is yuck." <laughs> I'll stick with Pixel. I'll, I'll play my GBA. I'll play my DS, um, which 3D and DS probably look the same as PS1. So you know, yep. whatever. But um, I, I do find it funny that they talk about um, the girl in this game and how beautiful she is, and I just look and I'm like, "Oh my god!" I don't even see if I can see where the eyes and the mouth are really like <laughs> the graph. <laughs> Wow! I just see, I just see this like block framed by hair, and I'm like, eh, okay. If you see it, good for you, dude. <clears throat> yep. But you know, un- unlike the other game we're going to talk about, they they play up nothing about that really in the game. There's there's some little jealousy thing, but it's all like so minor compared to you know the main game is just running through levels. Um, you know, it's like Trails Mario. You're just going through levels over and over again, trying to get those collectibles. There's uh, what is it? Three three gems on every level. Mm-hmm. Treasure chests or two. There's always a challenge to do. Um, some of them are speed runs. You know, beat this level in three minutes. Some are beat it without getting hit ten times. Um, some may be you know defeat at least fifty enemies because a lot of these you can just kind of go from point A to point B. Once you've done the level once or twice, you're you, you can get through some of them very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually where I felt like where the game was killing me was at the end of each world, there's always a area to go through and fight a big boss for each continent. And oh my gosh, some of those levels would take 30 or 40 minutes. And after being used to flying through some, like they, there was one that had a timer of three minutes. Can you beat it in three minutes? And I'd say others, 10, 15 were the, you know, for the first run through, easy, 10, 15 tops. And then I was like slogging 30, 40 minutes plus going through some of those um, dungeons at the end. And what's funny is I pulled up the uh, 
pulled up the boss. It almost killed me. And I think really having my kids laying in bed watching me play this game a few weeks ago was the only reason I went. There was a spider boss at one point, and there's a... One of the abilities you get is to, as you get through the game, you it's more than just jumping around. Um, you know, there's double jumps. There's high. You, you unlock the ability to jump higher. Um, one was like a grappling hook. You could use something to hold on to stuff in the air, and this opened up you know ways to jump across bigger chasms, Indiana Jones style, or hook onto something, and then that would move to get you from place A to place B. Well, there was an, an, I thought I was doing okay with that mechanic. And then I ran into this freaking spider boss. I guess it was like a spider crab or whatever. But oh my God, to, and and I blew through the first half of the boss fight because all the boss fights here, they evolve. I mean, it's an action RPG. So, you know, the mechanics change halfway through the battle, a third of the way through the battle at some hip, certain, certain hit point area. And oh my God, I'm staring at it down just 10 times. I think I fought this something and it was all because of that stupid grappling hook mechanic that I'm trying to <laughs> halfway through the battle. You have to like get onto the thing's head and the way you do it is there are things floating in the air. And I don't know if I never noticed it. It took me a while. I, I, I There's something with the button mechanics that you don't have to jump twice for these or jumping twice messes it up or whatever. And I never realized it in the boards, I guess, because you're hitting the button so fast. Jump hit, jump hit. And oh, my gosh, there's it, it killed me. It absolutely killed me, this stupid boss. And once I realized that I was doing something wrong, even my son said it. He's like, why are you double jumping between them? I was like, because I always double jump. Like, <laughs> what what game has a double jump that people don't double jump in? And I think that was my problem, just going between these stupid little things. I think what was happening is I was jumping from one to the other, but because I was always doing double jump, my guy was always trying to grapple hook then twice in a row, and I was missing the one and falling down and dying and just... Argh. And it was my son that said something like, Daddy, why do you keep double jumping? I was like, because I always double jump. Yeah. And one, once I realized maybe that I shouldn't do that, going from one of those things to the other, which wasn't a big deal at that point. Um, yeah, finally beat that boss and continued on. And I did OK. I only had to think uh, once or twice. It has the uh, the good old famous trails stuff. If you lose to the boss, you can continue at a lower difficulty right away. And I think it wasn't the final boss, but there was one right before it that I lost three or four times in a row. And instead of saving and reloading, because I'd gone a long way through and I don't know if I'd missed the save point or something like that. I was just like, well, I don't have enough, I didn't have enough healing items. I needed to stock up and I didn't. And I'm like, crap, I, I better just keep doing this boss until I beat it. Because even if I reload, I'm not going to have the healing items I need to get through it. And I, I don't think like uh, the newer Trails games do this. I think it just literally drops the difficulty. I don't feel like I've seen it. But in this one being an action RPG and the numbers just flying up over above their head with every hit. Um, I could see myself like the first time through the battle, I was doing 100 damage, 100 damage, 100 damage. And the next time through the battle, I was doing 120, 120, and then like 140, 140, and 160, 160. I could actually tell like it was, it, it continued to keep helping me. I'm like, oh, bless this game. <laughs> I have failed five times now, and all of a sudden now I'm doing 200 damage with every hit. And I'm going to jump in real quick and say, I got a donation. Yay! Please keep donating. That's right. Much like in the game, I could have used an extra life. So <laughs> so can all the so can all the kids at all the places we're raising money for. 
And much like Phil was saying earlier today, we got to remember the children. And as such, I guess I should bring up the next game on my list because before I get into this, it'll be a great transition. Kelly, you were talking about going and to the cat cafe Mm -hmm. and you saw the cats that were picked for their looks, not their personality. And you were waving stuff in front of them and it didn't really seem to matter. And then you went home and you kissed your cats. Mm -hmm. My first thought is, my God, did you go to a kitty strip club? (laughs) Yes. And then finally you went home and you saw your kitty wife and was like, I'm so sorry I went to this kitty strip club. They were, um, they were so really not that nice. They looked really nice, but. What about the railway cafe cats that I didn't bring up? What, how does that fit into the metaphor? That doesn't at all. Okay. <laughs> they were just they were just some nice people you met along the way. Okay. Because gotcha. that seemed really cool. I love the videos that you sent of that and no, the ones that, that you linked. Yeah, that, no, that place is really awesome because they're there to rescue you as well as a cat cafe and they they really care about their cats so um well i guess there's no other way to transition into that but so i've been playing uh moriro moriro moe moe row crystal h the uh remake of the old vita game that came out on the switch a couple years ago and pause actually reviewed it for the site gave it a 3.5 out of 5 i believe um and I agree if you can get past the uh, fan service, which honestly, that's like 90 percent of the game. But if you can get past that, the game play loop is what has got me ridiculously obsessed with this game. I think I played it for about six hours last night. Um, I, the kids started watching X-Men around eight o'clock and I went in my room and played for like three hours. And I rose at 11 o'clock. Everybody came in and was like, oh, we're all going to bed. Next thing I knew, it was like 2 a.m. And I'm like, OK, six hours of this is enough. It's a dungeon crawler. And uh, you are this random dude that just, oh, hey, you know, my dad went away for a while. Maybe I should go check on him. And you walk into the city and suddenly bras and panties are getting stolen. The legendary bra of darkness and panties of light have been stolen. Uh, (laughs) Luckily, you get the panties back pretty quickly. And your little uh, seal penis boy named Otten decides to take the panties upon himself. He's a he's a panty collector himself. Um, He wears the panties on his head the entire game. (laughs) which is pretty cute. Um, But you're dungeon crawling your way through at least six worlds worth of stuff in like um, what I'm trying to think in Etrian Odyssey stuff. I'm like, oh, I got six stratums to get through. Cool. Um, And each one, four or five floors at the bottom of each. It doesn't really explain it. There's some dimensional rift and you go to one like bonus floor. But each of these worlds has eight or nine monster girls that you'll encounter and get in basically boss fights with. Uh, One is actually the boss of the level. There's whatever. There's some story. But basically, all of these people have been turned bad by somebody who looks like Dark Otten, um, the little seal boy. It's funny because the whole way through the game, he's like, I don't see it. And basically, any time that you've encountered this guy, it basically looks like someone's turned the uh, brightness and contrast down 90% on his character. It's it's just <laughs> a dark version of him. I love it. And yeah, the, the, the gimmick is he's always like, I don't, he doesn't look anything like me. He, it's not like me because all the people, when, once you rescue the women, they're all like, oh yeah, the guy who did this to me kind of looked like him. He's like, no, he didn't. We've seen him. He doesn't look anything like me. It's exactly the same sprite. Um <laughs> 
That's funny. But basically, some little guy, for some reason, because I haven't finished yet, and I wouldn't spoil it anyway, but at the beginning of the game, somebody's running around with this bra of darkness, putting it on the monster girls, which turns them bad. And you know they're bad because there's a little dark thing hanging above their head um, when you encounter them. And the way you rescue these women is every time that you battle them, uh, of course, you need to knock enough uh, of their clothes off to get into the scratch mode. Oh, and no. once you get in the scratch Not mode, the scratch if you find, mode. oh yeah. Now I, I will say I don't understand why it's the scratch mode because I, maybe it's the switch compared to like a Vita touchscreen. It I, I've like tried to rub my finger on the screen and it never works. What I found uh-huh. is you just tap, <laughs> tap, 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 tap. The girls clearly and, don't, don't want to strip for you, Matt. <laughs> you know, it, it feels. It also feels way less pervy to just be sitting there tapping your screen like you're yeah. impatient. Like, come on, come on, come on, let's go. Let's I get this part of the game over tit. with. It's fine. Like, <laughs> exactly. I just tap your tits. It works, right? Do they do they go boing afterwards? Uh, yeah. Like, oh, they have some physics to them. Yes. Yes. Um, oh yeah, they got they have physics in the battle too. If you're attacking certain body part things, you'll see a little bounce. Um, it's very minor, and not all of the women are as boundless as some of the others. So, because, my God, there's like eight or nine monster girls in every level. I'm on world five now, so we're up to like 45 different monster girls. It's a bit obsessive. Um, like my, And at some points, I'm like, why would I switch to this new character over ones that I've been having along all the way? Kind of like Pokemon. Why would you, you know, 90% of the way through the game, take a level 10, whatever, and put them in your party over the other ones that you've had for 20 hours? Especially because the way they unlock skills is by using skills. So the more you have them, it doesn't unlock by levels. Like I can, I got a DLC. All the DLC characters from the original Vita are just built into the Switch version. So you go to a little temple and you can just battle them. So I think I was level like 25 and I managed to survive a battle against a level 36 monster girl. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll add her to my party. And then looking at it, I'm like, all these other girls I've got, I've unlocked almost all of their attacks. Um, but her, I'd be starting from scratch with, and I'm like, eh, I'm not going to do it even though she, and her stats were kind of okay, but I was like, it's not worth 10 levels worth of annoyance and she's going to have one or two attacks for the next hour. And, you know, after playing with her eight hours, maybe then she'll have eight attacks available to her. Um, (laughs) playing with her for eight hours, (laughs) playing with her for eight hours. I mean, I will say they've they've only so many ways for these girls to be upset with you. I think I've found three now that by the time you unlock them or you get rid of their darkness, um, then once you like knock them out or whatever, it, they never show any of this. But Otten's always sometimes you see him and the panties aren't on his head because the way to cure them of the curse of the bra of darkness is, of course, to put the panties of light on them. Um <laughs> And I swear at least three of them so far, the first line when the battle ends and you've broken the seal, they're like, oh, now I can never get married. (laughs) I'm like, well, this is the problem with having like 50, 60, 70 monster girls in here. How many times can you be upset about what's been happening to you? Some are, you know, a lot of them are just using using the line. Oh, my God, I feel so violated. I've never been touched by a man like that. Um, And then they're always extremely happy that now that the cloud of darkness has faded from them and then they want to join you and go live in the inn that you have in town and the inn where you have in town. I was talking to Anna about this last week. This is where I've spent half the game because for each one of these monster girls that you get, um, first off, they you can find their panties lying around the dungeons. Of course. As, as it happens. 
Um, and other than just fan servicey changing their um, pictures, it, they actually play a really big deal um, because you can give them panty sets as gifts. And when you do that, it changes basically their class. Um, one of them usually becomes more of a physical attacker. One of them usually increases their magic ability quite a bit. And then the third one could kind of randomly go either way. Some of them go way higher, way lower. Some are just a little bit better than standard middle of the road ones. Um, but there's another mode when you're in the inn that you can do with them. And it's called like a Doki shooter or something. And it basically just becomes um, like a little shmup. And you have to shoot little penis enemies that are coming at you. Your ship definitely looks like a penis. Um, and you also have these bombs that dissolve their clothes. And you have to you're slowly scrolling up their body and trying to avoid getting hit, but at the same time dissolving their clothes to find three different crystals. Each crystal leads to a completely another dungeon. And they're smaller than the um, dungeons and they're only one floor. But in eat and sometimes they are way harder difficulty and sometimes they're way easier. Uh, the experience points are really messed up at this point. Like sometimes I've gone into like extremely hard ones where my party almost gets wiped in one random battle and I win that. And it's like, yay, you got 200 experience. I'm like, are you kidding me? I've just been auto battling through a place where I've been getting a thousand experience a battle. So I feel like the, uh, the crummy little battles, the side battles are just the experiences are wonky on those. But in each level, you find some sort of building material that the girl likes. And there are three things that you can unlock by beating, finding the three crystals and unlocking them. One, you can unlock a 10th or 11th heart, which because you can give them gifts throughout it and get their heart level up. You can unlock a, an extra skill that just suddenly becomes available for them. Or you can unlock the ability for them to mix and match their bra and panty sets. <laughs> and... <laughs> This is important, too, because if you mix and match, each bra and panty has, um, I can't remember if it's the bras or the panties that do it, but one of them changes the class and changes your stats. The other one changes the skills that you have available to you, completely changes their skill set. So I've had some that I'm like, oh, I want to make this one the magic user. And then I look at their list of magic spells and like that pretty much sucks. But I can keep the one bra, panty, whatever, but switch to the other panties and then mix and match and then have a list of better spells to use while using the stats from a different one. So you can mix and match. And that's, a, I mean, when you got 49 characters, each one of them has their default set plus three broad panty sets. And the fact that you can mix and match, I mean, you're into the thousands of possibilities for how you can build your team here. It's kind of insane. And at least they give you some reason to recruit more than just your party's worth of five girls worth of stuff, because each one can have um, a partner that is kind of boost their stats. Like if you partner them up with one of the girls at the inn, it may boost their strength by 10 or boost your magic ability by 10%. And then usually another one will be some sort of um, passive ability that sometimes works on the map. I've uh, got two girls equ equipped to party members that lower the encounter rate because, holy crap, the encounter rate was really high at the beginning of the game. Um, so I've done that. I've got so two passive ones. And then in the game, you can... Uh, when you go through those little mini dungeons, which 
my God, I did obsessively for probably the 15, 20, even first 30 Monster Girls I got. Um, so that's like another 90 dungeons. They're pretty quick. Uh, but then you can use the stuff that you find there to make their bedroom better. <laughs> they start out and it looks like they're living in a uh, wooden hut. All the walls are just wood paneled. And there's like a cot in the corner. You can make that a better bedroom and make that better and that better. And I think there's even something past suite. You can make it like a palace. And what that does is gives them more experience if they're not in the battle. So it's actually more important to do that with all the girls back at the place because they've kept up. Um, everyone I've done that with has their levels are with one and two of my party. So if I wanted to switch, I could. But again, their skills aren't unlocked. So I find that kind of weird. Like at this point, I'm not changing anybody. I changed someone after the second dungeon. And at that point, I'm like, nope, I'm not changing again. Even though I'm looking, getting ready to go into the sixth world right now. And I'm like, uh, I wish I had some better, you know, coverage for earth or fire water whatever the, the different stuff but i like it, it is pervy 100 100 percent. but the gameplay loop of collecting someone going in and doing their three dungeons and equipping them as side characters to other ones and just uh, there's even some alchemy some little small stuff that you can do every enemy you, you beat gives you little crystals and those crystals can be used to upgrade your items um if you get the girl's friendship high enough they can have roommates if you get the roommates high enough um and they have a high, high, high enough friend level you can do what's called a double scratch where you have to rub both the girls at the same time um and if you do that you unlock their best um hair accessory and there's a specific one for each person which interestingly enough can be equipped on anybody so i've just been trying to do this to as many as possible and like trying to figure out which ones are the best because even if i don't have that character equipped their crown or hair piece or whatever might be way better than something else that i have on one of my people so i it, it's a ridiculous amount of unlockables and whatever because you, you could almost go through a stratum in an hour or two and here i am 30 hours in and i've not quite finished the fifth because i keep doing all the side stuff and and I know I played the uh, Chronicles game that came out a year before on Vita and then came out on Switch a couple years ago. And I, I don't know, I gave up like eight hours into that. I just it, it didn't have the loop that was as good as this one. Uh, it's wow. Like it, it's, it's, I know I talked a lot about that. Holy crap. I, I thought I took the previous one for our inevitable dungeon caller backtrack, but now I'm thinking you might have taken it. Oh, I will say that Dungeon Travelers 2, because I put a dozen hours into that when I first got my Vita, that one has more pervy enemies. I feel okay. like the enemies in this one are, they maybe sometimes in look like a pair of boobs, but I've almost not even noticed that. In Dungeon <laughs> Travelers, every single enemy, I was like, oh man, I see what you're doing there. Yeah, because um, that there was a bit in in the beginning of the dungeon where I think they were trying to capture a slime girl, and it, it got to the pinup version of that, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh. And I, and <laughs> They've got more I, full full art in that game that is very holy crap. And uh, of course, I, I've been screenshotting all of this and showing <laughs> it to my husband and ma making him laugh like an idiot. Uh, to remember that because you were talking about it and you mentioned that you didn't know how to get the screenshots off. Um, all of those are on the Spriter's resource, although okay. you have to uh, register for an account because about uh, half of that is not safe for work. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. And, and honestly, I look at that and I'm like, oh, my God, like what I'm playing is way worse. But I will say mine don't always look like 10 year old girls like Dungeon Traveler 2, unfortunately, does quite a bit with theirs. 
Ooh. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think famously Atlas had to come out and say, look, we had to take a couple of images out because we just can't mm-hmm. get around this. And pe- they- people complained, and I'm like, guys, really? Well, at that yeah. time it was, maybe be grateful it came out at all, even yeah. though why? Yeah. I mean, my God, the, the game I'm playing. So I one of the worlds had um, sisters that were um, the final bosses. So, of course, you recruit, recruit them. And the final boss from each one is the one that pops up on the screen most of the time during story sequences, which... Honestly, I, I I couldn't tell you what's going on in the story too much right now. It's just fast forward, fast forward, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um, especially at the inns, because you can talk to these monster girls all the time, and they got story stuff. And again, I got 45 of them. I ain't got time to hear what the hell's going on with them, why they like their tea or whatnot. Um, but the two sisters, I unlocked um, different outfits for them that are basically just fruit. They just have fruit. Um, fruit like boobs? Like to them. What? Fruit boobies? They have fruit boobies. Yep, yep. There's like a piece like of pineapple stuck to their boobie. Uh, they have a slice of cantaloupe. They're like they have chainmail underwear and like just a slice of cantaloupe shoved in the chainmail underwear to cover anything. <laughs> that is um, so wrong. Also, cantaloupe. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like I mean, it's not citrus. It probably doesn't burn as much. Um, yeah, but it's still cantaloupe. <laughs> I know. Complete any melon. I I I am not a melon fan. I'm um, not either. To be fair, I mean, I like my melons on women, as, not in my food bowls. Um, is it as bad as honeydew. Oh. Oh, you're making golly. me miss uh, melon soda from Japan. Oh, that's melon right. Soda you're talking is about fantastic. That. Yep, it's the best. But it is one of those, like, just the idea of I've got you know cantaloupe in my you know in my crotch doesn't make me like i'm just saying here my brain is going i wouldn't want cantaloupe in my crotch that's the again that's the lowest form of fruit i mean you know we're we're at 45 monster girls with four outfits each at some point they just ran out of ideas yeah yeah they're like there's a lot of fruit out there we got to make matching sets for two sisters like come on we can put some strawberries on this one some (laughs) cantaloupe on that one and we're done like i'm sorry but like in general you know unless you like this fruit doesn't go in the vajayjay don't put cucumbers up there just covering wow no no wow this game has ruined me wow and now i can't stop thinking about cantaloupe in the vagina wow (laughs) thanks matt that's what i needed this (laughs) i thought being turned into dog food would be the worst this freaking cast well that just ended that Uh, so on that note if this all sounds if you're looking for a very The cantaloupe was not whole. But if you're looking for a game that has a lot of party building in a dungeon crawler, and it's actually quite decent, um, you know, if you can get past the other stuff, or at least it makes you chuckle and you can move on, you know, it, it, it is, I think Anna agreed that it was pretty decent. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm, I'm, my brain just went to the worst places. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about something that is. We got some feedback here. We should totally. We should totally talk about. No, promise Phil a wholesome cast. Oh, we got Phil. We still got to. Okay, yeah, we got to talk about some wholesome card games. Come on. Oh my gosh, no, really, you guys are horrible. Deal us up something good. Now, let me let me tell you guys. Actually, I didn't even put the real game. I've been, pl- I've been playing this. I've been playing this game that I even write on the sh- spreadsheet, 
and it, it's called it, it's 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 a it's a new title. I don't think hardly anyone's heard of it. It's 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 just one of these indie efforts, but it's called Moving to a New House. Let me tell you, it sucks. <laughs> it is horrible. horrible it is a horrible game. Uh, it is very grindy. Uh, it will exhaust you, and the inventory management system is shit. It is horrible. Oh, it is. I well, mean, you just you spend, you spend hours playing item Tetris. It, now, it is Phil, terrible. to be fair, you're the one who did the item system in how you set up the <laughs> So it's shit because well, you made it shit. They give you they give you like these boxes to put your inventory into. So you separate. It doesn't go in like one big backpack or anything. It goes into a bunch of these little boxes, and you can label each one. But there's no great way to search through them. There's no like filters. Mm. There's no there's no modern conveniences that you expect from an RPG in the year 2023, and especially one with so much damn inventory. Uh, I, it's almost as if my character's a hoarder or something because there's just boxes filled with inventory. Uh, it, it's terrible. So I, I totally don't recommend. And you think I would have learned my lesson after playing the the, the prequel uh, a, a few weeks earlier uh, called Packing Up, which was also a very grindy, boring, and tedious game. So I, I, you think you think I would have learned something there? But yeah, no, I totally don't recommend it um through for so for the last month playing these two games called packing up and moving out uh i haven't had as nearly the bandwidth to sit down and actually enjoy uh rpgs i'm usually exhausted and tired you know at the end of the night so i fart around usually playing uh some card games while uh listening to an audiobook or two uh while i'm in bed and Played some uh, Hearthstone, some Magic the Gathering, a whole bunch of, of different ones that you, know, you guys have probably heard of or played of before and all that other jazz. So I won't bore you with that. Kind of dialed my toe back in them. And they, they, they all have uh, have some really great positives to them. But I'm also reminded why I don't generally like card games. And that's because I lose sometimes. Uh, that sucks. It's just no. It's yeah, just, yeah. That's especially with some of the slower card games. Where basically, they try to matchmake you to where you win, lost 50%, which is supposed to be balanced. I just hate. I just keep. I have to remind myself. I really hate losing. I'm not an adult. I really hate CNA. Wah wah. You got nothing for this because you lost. And when, especially like magic, where some of those battles can take 20 minutes. Uh, it really sucks to kind of get to the end and be like, okay, you're the one who lost. So uh, I'm not an adult. I can't handle that. That's why I play single player RPGs because you almost always win. Every once in a while you lose to a boss or something and you got to reload, but for the most part you win. So and that's what I'm going to stick to. Um, however, I will say there was an interesting card game called Mythgard. Uh, that is a uh, that is a game I probably will play more of along with Legend of Runeterra and the 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 because both of those games have a strong single player component where you're going to win more often and you're playing against essentially the AI. But what the reason why I've called those two out is they both have really good stories and uh, and voice acting, especially Mythgard. Uh, so Mythgard, if you look up Mythgard, it's probably a little known uh, card game. It's a collectible card game. And it has quite a few things going on to it. If you're, if you, it looks like almost uh, at first blush, it could have been Magic the Gathering back about 20 years ago. Like if Arena was made back, maybe not 20, maybe 15 years ago. But if Magic the Gathering Arena was made back in, in that day, because some of the artwork and the the animations and the graphical effects just feel very dated uh, and basic. The fonts are just very, very basic. 
but uh, it does have like an online store where you can buy packs and all that stuff you'd expect from something like you know Magic the Gathering Arena. But with that being said, I think what's really, really cool is it does have this really awesome single player mode. And I actually enjoy that uh, and playing against the computer. It's kind of, as far as like the mechanics of it, it's kind of a mix up of Hearthstone and Legend of Runeterra uh, and a little bit of Magic the Gathering. One of the interesting mechanics is that there's like seven different lanes. So when you place a monster down, you position them you have like seven different areas one from left to right and you can put them all the way to the left you can put them all the way to right you can put them someplace in the middle uh and and, and this positioning is important because when they go to attack they attack whoever is in front of them or to the left and right of that 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 placement in, in front of them so if there's no one in the three squares in front of them on the opponent's side of the board then they'll attack the face so to speak uh, but um, and you can move them left to right, and so there's some strategy here of like, hey, do you group all your minions up on one side? Do you keep them spread out to protect your whole board so no one can get to your hit points? Uh, there's some there's some interesting things at, at play there, but uh, it, it is a little known game, uh, I think, because I haven't heard of it, and it's been out for three years, but it's the first I heard of it. And I just think if you're if you yeah, you know, I hear a lot of people say, man, it'd be cool if there was like a card game like Magic the Gathering that was more of an RPG. This is probably as close as you're going to get. Way back in the day, we had Magic the Gathering, Duels of the Planeswalker on Windows 98, which was a really cool blending of RPG uh, elements and Magic the Gathering. Uh, but one of these guys is probably as close as you're going to get. And Legends of Runeterra, for those who haven't heard, that's the card game by Riot. You know, people who do League of Legends and such. And they take those characters and they've made an interesting uh, card game out of that. But it's also, again, has a good single player focus to it. So there you go. Um, the audiobooks I was listening to at that time is the Cat Core series. Has anybody ever listened to the Cat Core books? No. I know, you, also no. I, I know you guys like kitties. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll read a little bit from the, uh, the, the kind of the opening expert, excerpt, or not excerpt, uh, I mean um, the sales pitch here. It was supposed to be a quick trip to the pet store for some cat food, but the universe had other plans for Florence Valentine. Good for nothing kids and some annoying store employees were giving her a hard time, and then things got worse when she was killed by a delivery truck. Instead of angels, pearly gates, and eternal rewards, a voice in her head keeps telling her that she's become a dungeon court, whatever that is. Now people keep coming into her new home, wrecking stuff and stealing from her. But not everything about this whole ordeal is bad. Not only can Florence decorate her home with a thought, but she can also create the best things in the entire universe. She can create kitty cats. Should those hooligans keep insisting on coming into her home? Well, Florence and her kitties are going to have something to say about that. So... For those who don't know, uh, I think we've talked en enough times in the past about what lit RPG is. Uh, I think most people know what a lit RPG is, but dungeon cores are a type of lit RPG where instead of you know instead of basically going into uh, you know uh, becoming part of a video game MO and thinking through the player's eyes as they're leveling up their character, instead it's from the dungeon point of view. So you've become the heart and soul of a dungeon, and as the character, so to speak, levels up, they usually get points and currency to spend on rooms, defenders. Uh, you know, and the such as they tantalize adventures to try to come in and steal their loot. It's kind of an interesting dynamic and, and, and um, uh, a different way to kind of look at some of these things. And it's pretty popular from what I understand it in, in anime and manga. But um, but here you've got a, a book series on this uh, that you can listen to on Audible, read on your Kindle, uh, and and so it is. It is really funny because this old lady, Florence Valentine, is like this southern 
lady who just can't understand why people don't have manners. They come in uh, to her dungeon. They don't even bother to introduce themselves. Um, so, and she gets really mouthy. She's like a stubborn old lady. So she tends to get mouthy with people that are way more powerful than her. And she just doesn't care. Uh, and she's decided in creating her dungeon, normally you want your dungeon to have a variety of different monster types to challenge adventurers. Uh, she just, she says, screw that. I'm going to have all cats. Hey, so she has a whole bunch my, of cats. My kind of lady. Yeah, she has. She she just she just has a whole bunch of of cats defending uh, defending her her dungeon. Different types of cats, uh, you know, from tabbies to uh, you know to to anything else you can think of. She's got a whole bunch of them, uh, and she gives them all different names. And they all have different personalities, including that one rogue cat that just doesn't do what he's supposed to do. It's kind of antisocial. Um, it, it's it's pretty funny. Um, so you can you can check that out. It's, it's Cat Core by Dean uh, Henniger. Um, so can can definitely recommend that. That's actually been fun to listen to while I've been doing some of the movie. I'm almost done with the first book, and I definitely think I'm going to go ahead and pick up the uh, second. There's three in the series, so that's been a blast. Cat, cat, cat Core. Cat Core. Cat, cat core. core. Two separate words: cat and then like core, like Apple Core, or in this case, Dungeon Core. Um, yeah, uh, and I can put a link here into, I think it'll let me put a link there. There we go into, uh, the extra life channel where you can, you can see that right there. Um, cool. But yeah, unfortunately not a lot of time to play games. Uh, I'm trying to get settled in. I still have a lot of house set up to do. I probably need to get back once I finally get to breathe again and feel like I can relax and have some bandwidth. Uh, speaking of inventory management, get back into Baldur's Gate 3. Um, never actually got very, I mean, I, I feel like I got very far. I spent, uh, what am I over a hundred hours in steam in it, but I say not very far because I don't think I'm through act one. I'm just very slow at it because there's so much darn inventory management. I'm trying to make sure I get the use out of everything. It is big into inventory management. So that's one of the reasons, honestly, after packing and unpacking all day, the last thing I want to do is jump into Baldur's Gate three and have to stare at inventories all day all night it's just now just give me something short simple easy super mario wonder sounds awesome right now um inventory management tetris 2000 does not so uh, but i will get back to that and get that uh eventually finished out there so cool all righty well let's 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 move on let's uh let's uh don't we have some questions or something some feedback something or rather Um, something about oh gosh Favorite Halloween theme. Yeah, your favorite Halloween theme. And Matt, you answered this one? I did. I actually had my laptop open the other day and didn't have, uh, I was at work, had my personal laptop there, and I'm blocked from visiting RP Gamer at work. Um, So I just typed it in the uh, sheet here and said, but I'll I'll read Strawberry Eggs. She actually commented on the uh, show notes or on the show thread on RP Gamer. She said her favorite Halloween-themed thing in an RPG is the Pokemon Pumpkaboo, as well as its evolved form Gorgeist. They are ghostly jack-o'-lantern Pokemon and have a signature move called Trick or Treat, which adds the ghost type to a target. I think they're just neat. (laughs) And... What I wrote in, uh, you know, I had to stay on brand here with Dragon Quest, my favorite and least favorite, because it's kind of a love-hate thing, Halloween thing, um, it's from Dragon Quest Nine. Uh, back in the day, they used to, when Dragon Quest Nine came out, had a weekly rotating, and of course, they had to make it a pun, instead of the QVC, it was the DQVC. It was an online store. 
Um, it would update. If you went online, you could have it connect to the internet weekly, and it would change its inventory. Usually it had special alchemy items and very occasionally some really good gear. And I don't know if it was necessarily timed to be like Halloween time or not, whatever. But I actually didn't play Dragon Quest Nine when it came out. I was busy. I was in the middle of... Divorce, dating, remarriage, whatever. Finally, when things settled down in life, after about three years, I picked it up. I was playing it and just happened to be like, gosh, one of the first couple weeks I was playing it very early level. I log on and they're selling these pumpkin hats in the store. And like the defense was like 40 above whatever I had at the time. And in Dragon Quest, your defense almost never even endgame, your defense may be 200. So an increase of 40 is like ridiculous for an early level person. So I go grind that. I, you got a week to buy it. It's on the shop for a week. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I better grind up some money, bind up gold. I bought four of these. Um, and because Dragon Quest Nine was a dress up game, every item that you equipped, you saw on your characters. So for easily 20 to 30 hours, all four of my characters, freaking pumpkin heads just running around. Like that is my main association with Dragon Quest Nine. Almost half of the main game that I played through was pumpkin head people, which was kind of annoying but at the same time i could not give up that defense increase you know i could buy myself a nice silver crown or whatever silver helmet i'm like nope i'm not losing 20 defense because of that <laughs> i already spent the money on something i'm set for this i can just keep buying other gear and and every time i looked at my person i kind of hated them but <laughs> damn pumpkin heads being so good man I i'm this, bl blanking on what how, trying to think of a halloween themed rpg thing now I mean, other than our recent episode on costume quests. Yeah, that was all Halloween themed. That was all Halloween, yeah. Um, it's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, years ago when I used to play Overwatch, you know, back when Overwatch was not what it is now, um, some of the skins you got were always pretty fun. But in terms of like an RPG, I can't think of anything that wasn't costume quests. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did like Cult Master Zenyatta. He made me smile. Otherwise... That is the last I will mention of Overwatch. <laughs> um, I guess Hallow's End and World of Warcraft I always had an appreciation for, even though I think I ran that for like 15 years and still didn't get the uh, Headless Horseman's mount. In the oh. meantime, my devil's luck husband managed to get two of them to drop at once. Damn. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, Resident Evil games is just my Halloween go-tos. I don't... Don't have too many directly Halloween themed games, but I, I I do that I played. I've got costume quest stuff. I just never got around to them. But, but Resident Evil games are creepy and fun. Oh, Kelly and I, I both beat our costume quest one in one sitting. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I used, I like to when I pass out candy, I usually put on a Castlevania game, and this stemmed from a tradition and that started when I started dating Vaughn where he would come over to my house when I lived with my parents and we'd sit outside and uh, pass out candy and I think Dracula X Chronicles came out at the time and the, that, that was when they was doing all those uh, DS Castlevania games so sit out pass out candy to kids and then in between waves Castlevania our heads off Okay. Well, everybody got quiet. All everybody got quiet. I guess that'll work then. Well, um, if that's everything. What about our our question of the week? I like this suggestion. Here, are we running with this? Um, um, what's Nobody your favorite? What's your favorite lewd game you won't won't play in public? Is that, uh, is that what we're running about after all the discussions you you, you all had? <laughs> 
Well, I, I, I yes. volunteer mine as the uh, one go. that I will never be playing in public. I tell you what, I found out the hard way about Demon Gaze on the Vita. Don't be that I guy. I remember your plane trip. Yeah. Anna, weren't you playing Criminal Girls in Church? No, Anna's not on the, the cast. I, I thought I heard her pop up. Well, I haven't. Maybe I was hearing things. Ah. I, I, I swear Anna was playing Criminal Girls in Church on her. <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there she is. Okay. <laughs> I also played Conception in public, and um, Chris was trying to get my attention, and I snapped at him in annoyance and said, "Not now! I'm conceiving." And apparently, oh, people no. uh, all turned around and stared at me very strangely. That's good. Oh, there you yeah, go. I, I want to say either Demon Gazer that there was some pervy game on PSP at some point that I'm blanking on. Oh, uh, I'm sure I, there were I, many. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I don't really go anywhere, and when I do, I'm usually just playing my portables in the car, so mm. um, I don't have good answers. I don't either, because in general, I avoid a lot of the the Moe pervy, pervy stuff. Like, I had to review Criminal Girls back in the day, and I remember I just, I cried the whole time, because it's just, <laughs> for me, it's just, it's full cringe, right? Everything about it was cringe. And of mm. course, like, they're all underage looking. You can't tell me they're not. Um, and of course, I picked the most underage looking one, because I was like, well, I gotta do, I gotta beat it to review it, so mm, this one, <laughs> I guess. And there's my husband going, great. Seems like that was a choice. One. <laughs> I was like, she's at least mean to me, okay? That, that works. That, that's enough, right? <laughs> I don't know. And, and the Moe-looking ones I find more funny than pervy. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm cracking up about the uh, cantaloupe shoved in the panties, you know, just... <laughs> like, we're out of ideas. Give her some see-through panties and then shove a piece of fruit in there so we can't see through it. Yeah, makes sense, question mark? Telling you, that was a Friday, 4 p.m. We want to go home, but we have to do one more freaking thing before we leave for the week. Here we go. There's our next theme. The end. Let's go. We're good. This is fine. (laughs) So does somebody want to beat me into the news? There's news. There's news. You mean it's not cantaloupes and pineapples? Well, uh, after the... The situation, the 404 game reset is ending service in January, and a 404 error is what my brain just threw at the cantaloupe in the panties. So, (laughs) um, yeah, Sega announced that its mobile title 404 game reset will end service on January 6th, uh, 2024. Um, It released in Japan and Asia in April of this year. Um, has anybody played this? I don't even know what it is. No, I was looking at the image. I'm like, what kind of game is this? Then I realized that's just the roadmap. Okay. No clue. That's all we got is a picture of a roadmap there, it looks like. And and then as one game closes, another opens. uh, Kingdom Hearts Missing Link gets a trailer and a closed beta test. And I have no idea where this is supposed to be in the Kingdom Hearts saga. Um, I mean, does anybody know where any of the games fit in the saga? uh, I I do a little (laughs) bit, but then after three, it goes off rails. It's supposed to, this was announced with Kingdom Hearts 4 and um, features the big city that was introduced in that game. Mm. And um, there's going to be a closed beta test for iOS on on November 29th um, with the Android test to follow. 
and you can look for more information on the game's official website. So there's that. Um, and then sp speaking of weird mobile games, in Japan, they're getting a Switch and PC version of Majin Tensei Blind Thinker. This was a flip phone game of all things. My goodness, it looks like it. Yeah. I uh, feel like I got to play this on my Commodore 64. Yeah, I, it's weird. Atlas has been re-releasing their flip phone games because I think the last time I was on, they were talking about, about a, a Persona flip, flip phone game that was coming out. But getting ported to, I think, this PC. Um, but it's Japan only. I don't know if we'll ever get any of this stuff in the United States. And um, Majin Tensei is their Fire Emblem kind of clone. And I, I don't know about you, but I always thought that that series looked kind of boring. So... But if you're in Japan, you can be excited. Woo! Um, we've got Rain Tactics announced. That's a tactical RPG. Um, does not have a release window, but you are playing uh, someone named Winter, an invincible god attempting to die. And the, the gameplay the, uh, looks trailer very, and yeah, looks it's pretty cyberpunk. Looks Could like he's trying to die too. <laughs> Um, we got a whole bunch of, or I want to say a whole bunch, it's like a 17 minute video on YouTube right now, uh, talking about Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, um, including talking about their protagonist, whose name is Fire, uh, spelled with a P-A-H and Y, like it's an edgy teen. <laughs> mm. Um, and, and yeah, you can see video of this on the 17 minute long photo but this is supposed to be a sequel to the 2004 Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines yay I've heard yeah. that the original game was a good game but good luck trying to get it to run um, did either of you did any of you play Evil Land 1 and 2 I Never played the first around. I played the first one too um, I, I played the first one I got too busy to finish the second one which was actually the better game um, but it's gonna I just looked uh, at the uh, how long to beat for that second one. I was like, no, nope, I'm not up for. Uh, <laughs> like, it's like four times longer than the first, or something like that. It's yeah. Well, but the I guess first... probably by fleshing it out and actually making it a yeah. That first one was just tonal whip. Every thirty minutes, you're upgrading well, the, the world. Well, the first one was you know making fun of every single trope, and then it exactly. was successful, <laughs> and then became the joke mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but it's getting a european anniversary edition so you will get a physical copy of both games for commemorative coins a game logo sticker sheet a digital soundtrack download code and a collector's box that looks like a treasure chest now is this only in europe i believe so since uh, we're celebrating the original european for I a european physical release yeah original release for pc in 2013 and then it got ported everywhere and it does uh, say it's physical it's retailers in the region so yeah it's europe only it looks like yeah um Good, good little game though Go, goes on mm -hmm. sale all the time oh yeah um we've got remnant 2's first dlc announced um this sees the one true king awakening after being corrupted by the root during his slumber uh it's going to be available for 10 bucks or included as part of the uh 24.99 dlc bundle along with the other pieces of dlc um i have mm -hmm. not played remnant 2 heck i haven't even played mm -hmm. remnant 1 no, I've heard I've heard good things. I played Remnant One. I I had some fun time with it. I didn't get hardcore at all. I just kind of got like five ten hours in. Just a a very kind of how do I put it? like it's a, it's a Souls like, but it's with gun shooting 
a lot of gun shooting. You got different guns, and you're usually attacking from a distance. Though you can get oh. into it like a melee strike as well. But there's definitely a focus on the gunplay, mm-hmm. and uh, you're going through. It, it's it's a lot of it seems procedurally generated and put together um, as you do different runs and try to earn up your 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 equipment and what have you. It, it was is pretty, and it's it's got a good physics. It's got good physics and stuff. It felt pretty solid. It felt like something I could definitely put more time uh, into. And I've had friends that have really put a lot of time into it but it, it, it can't it, it probably should be played cooperatively to get the most out of it because it's it's not just like a solo thing like most souls games are i think it's meant to be played with people uh, so. i see um anybody excited for ease 10 nordics sure it's um, it looks i see a sinking ship in the uh trailer well surprise uh adol sinking a ship color me surprised uh there was all sorts of I kept seeing the box art for Ease 10 Nordics in Japan. I was like, is this already out? No, it's just f- fake box stuff. Darn, I'm still going to have to wait. Um, but they've got a demo in Japan. So if you live there, uh, you can check out the game early. Um, it lets players play until the end of the third chapter of the game with save data being able to transfer. So, uh, I mean, either the wow, chapters are short. Pretty, uh, yeah. And that's a pretty that's good nice. chunk, chunk of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys feel about games that let you play that much in, in a demo? I, you know what? I, I feel like when I see that it's that much, I won't play that unless I have zero clue what the game's about. Or I'll just start that a week before I know the game's coming out because I know I'm going to get it. Yeah. I, like, like for Ease, I've, I've played some Ease, so I wouldn't, if I was planning on getting it, I wouldn't just play that for three hours and then set it aside for a month or two months. Or, my God, when is it coming out? You said January? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Might be something I start at Christmas and be like, all right, well, this will lead into the game release. You know, for, for Final Fantasy 16, it was kind of nice getting the prologue as, as the first chunk of the game. And then when the game mm-hmm. released, going like right into the meat of it. That was That's kind of a good a, way to do that, yeah. Um, you know, kind of a nice touch. Get that prologue, have get get all your backstory out of the way, get, give you that nice little taste, and then you want to see what happens next, because uh, that prologue ended on a pretty pretty big cliffhanger, and I, I think that's the way to do it personally. See, I'm in the camp that doesn't bother with demos. Yeah, yeah, it's. I'm it's, just like I'm gonna try it if I want to, right? I, like got way too many great games in my backlog that I don't spend a lot of time on early access in demos. And I don't so either. Yeah. There's no, kind no, of too much fair. going on there. Yeah. So we've got that. We've got, uh, what is this? Last Hour of an Epic to the Moon RPG. So this is part of the uh, To the Moon series. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, the, tr- the trailer was more of a joke trailer than anything else, so I don't know what the game itself is going to entail. Um, there is, however, a really cute kitty cat in one of the screenshots and a guy wearing a croc on his head, like a croc shoe. I like kitty cats. Yes, he is. Legendary clog helm. Oh, mm. wow. That is hilarious. So um, it's set to release in 2024, and I'm sure we will have... Oh, the game is designed so that players um, feel like they're loading a save that's basically gone through all of the game, including the grinding and stuff. And then you'll take on puzzles to defeat bosses through the dungeon. So this could be an interesting interesting take on RPGs. I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on this um, and news stories about it going forward, because it... <laughs> 
I, like Eva Land, I love anything that subverts RPG tropes. Well, did you play To the Moon, Kelly? No, I did not, actually. So play it. It, it is a wonderful, if like super depressing game, I hate to say. Um, but it is just, there's something really magical about the storytelling in it. That mm-hmm. just as sad as you feel, um, it's also incredibly hopeful. So oh, okay. I, I really loved it when I played it, uh, when I played it, when it released, um, in general, I've been very excited about just the idea that we get to go back to that world. That's, uh, very exciting. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll have to check that out to just make sure I'm on a good mental health day, apparently. Yes. Um, for what it's, worth, <laughs> it's pretty short. Ah, uh, okay. So, I mean, don't, you can probably, I would say, knock it out in an afternoon or two. Uh, I, I think I bought it on a GOG flash sale for like a dollar a long time ago, so I need to just check one of my libraries. Um, I'm sure I've got it somewhere, but no, good, good recommendation. I'll put that on my list. Um. Anyway, that's that's all the news news stories. Now we've got new release dates. Um, the Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3 and 4 PS5 versions are launching in February. Um, so if you missed out on the PS4 versions or, you know, want to get both of them at once, uh, they're in a joint combo pack or separate digitally. Uh, there's expected release on February 16th. Uh, and I don't think this will get me to play those faster. No. <laughs> I mean, to, I started to be, three. I started three. I finished three. I'm, I'm almost there. I'm so close. <laughs> I can tease the end. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I if I were people, I would just get the PS4 versions because they're probably pretty cheap right now, yeah. and you so get the faster load times. Cheap. <laughs> I I want to go back to three, and I mean, it's extra life. I mean, it'd be a really nice opportunity to do so, but I have Star Ocean, and I have Katamari, which I've been playing, and Nayuda, an embargo thing I can't <laughs> talk about that's really wonderful. Like, there's too many things. So many things. And, like, we're going to backtrack, I'm sure, you know, four next year. And it's like, so, Sam, did you finish three yet? Uh, maybe. And, I mean, I've beaten. I'm really proud of myself. I have beaten two Trails games this year. They were the ones that, you know, have nothing to do with Cold Steel. But I beat <laughs> two of them. I I have had Azure sitting in my little Switch cigarette case for all year, and I feel so guilty for not have touched it because I loved Zero so much, and I want to play that one. But there's been so many other games that I've wanted to get to first. See, having you a really broken arm helps with that because uh, <laughs> I actually beat Zero uh, before I had broken my arm. Uh, I was like in love. I was just like, oh my god, Randy is the greatest thing ever marry randy um more marriage to randy everyone's great but randy and then i got to azure <laughs> while my arm was broken i could play it one-handed so i was like mm-hmm. oh man i can just keep going and then i sobbed the whole time as much as there's a lot of wholesome moments i mean randy gets some awfulness my poor husband Poor oh, Randy. Sorry. See, you got you can, you got to roll right into Cold Steel three and get more Randy. I know. I've done the first two hours, <laughs> and I was like, and then there's more Randy. And Matt's like, oh no, more Randy. I was like, left it in the chat because I don't have X anymore, y'all. Because I refuse to. I refuse. 
but I have nowhere to put those fangirlings, so everybody just has to deal with it in our Discord. Um, Look, there's Randy, and then all those really, really pretty screenshots of Persona 3 Reloaded with Mitsuru. Oh my god, like, the thirst is strong with me. Jeez. I forgot. I, I was going to offer you a blue sky code, but you said you weren't doing social media. I'm trying to behave. It was just better with my mental health that I don't. I, I understand. My, I again, I appreciated the offer, but so I, uh, I will say, blue sky so far has been very non toxic. But that's because all the people that I that have added me are furries. That there you go. <laughs> post, so you post their, very safe. <laughs> yeah, post their art and cat pictures, and that's what I signed up for Twitter for in the first place was seeing my friends' art and cat photos. So now I feel like that algorithm in, from everything yeah, else. Yeah. Until Alex tells me that I have to put my thirst posts somewhere else. I think you guys can just suffer it instead. Yeah. Look. We're fine. We're good. It'll exactly. Right. Look, my my new my other wife is going to be on my television in January. And I'm going to have to like, I'm going to be screaming and my husband's just going to be like, okay, I get it. You want to have sex with Mitsuru. It's fine. But also like, come on, woman. He had to deal with that with, the broken heart <laughs> with Randy. Because every 10 minutes it was, oh, I got Randy. I love you. But also like, Lloyd, you little cinnamon roll. I just want to pat your head. But also Randy. <laughs> the girls didn't Whoa, get as much love from me but also like and, and again i have nothing against the girls like ellie and teo are fabulous characters they're so cute but yes i am reen <laughs> i am that i am has- not binary reen <laughs> just you know just just give me i'm good i'm good and i mean i i, I know reen gets worse in terms of thirst <laughs> So I'm prepping myself for uh, my new uh, Thursona. Uh, Thursona. <laughs> I get there. Wow. And there we go. That's there not even my words. That's from Thirsty Suitors. I can't even take credit for that. Oh, okay. So, I still wrote it down because that's excellent. I love that. Um, <laughs> and 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 I have got to finish all these games because Ditch, Legend of Heroes Trails Through Daybreak has its Japanese Switch date announced, and that's the new series. I want and, it so much, Kelly. And we're getting that next summer. Yes. Next right. so, I, yep. so I need to finish Azure and Reverie before I can even touch oh. this. Oh, I'm 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 not. Well, I'm two away that. too. I've got four in Reverie, so oh. I have three, four Reverie. Um, this and is the, the doesn't 15. count, right? What doesn't count? Ayuda doesn't technically count, even though no. it's like oh, not at all. No, it's completely off. yeah. And why am but, I playing it? But um, that being said, well, I I, I forgot. Does Final Fantasy VII Rebirth come out at the end of? February? It comes out at the end of February. Okay. Oh, Red Thirteen. Well, um, I, I won't be touching this anyway because I won't be able to finish it before uh, the end of February. Um, because everything is stopping for rebirth. Oh, there's the early part of next year. Let me tell you, the shiny factor is just. It's very high, and my wallet's mm-hmm. going to cry, and I'm just going to be like, it's okay, I'll just work some extra hours. But also, mm-hmm. my wife is coming out in January, and my other wives are coming out in February. So I need to prepare mentally for the beauty that is Mitsuru, Aerith, and Tifa. 
Um, you, you talk about your wallet crying. My husband wanted the uh, deluxe edition for his birthday because that's in February. And I have two of those pre-ordered because, you know, I want that one too. And that's like 200 bucks. But also, who cares? Nope, I know. That, that's just, a, I don't care. It's my favorite series of all time. I want the deluxe edition. I'm not going to spend 300 on the... Uh, on the Super Deluxe Edition, because that doesn't come with a Red 13 of sorts. It just comes with Sephiroth. Which, meh. I know, I, I know that's an unpopular opinion, but meh to Sephiroth. No, no I'm, I'm not thirsty for Sephiroth either. I'm more no. of a Ke- Kefka stan. But yeah. it, if that Collector's Edition came with a Red 13, you'd bet your ass I'd be buying it. I mean, like, what is what is the tier ranking for, like, Final Fantasy Thirst? This is a thing you, you and I need to come up with, Kelly. Yeah. Oh, no. Special no. episode. No. We're not doing no. it here, Phil. Don't worry. Oh, gosh. Uh, spe- special Valentine's Day backtrack, Final yep. Fantasy Thirst. It's like, let's rank the husbandos and waifus of Final Fantasy and then do a special episode of, you know, boink, marry, and kill. <laughs> Ooh. Matt, on you my want Slime to Time podcast. <laughs> on my Slime Time podcast, we do marry, thwack, puff, puff. I mean, I like that better. And for our 69th episode, we—that's all we did. We did like a like a fantasy draft. We did Mary Thwack Puff Puff BFF. Well, who would be your Dragon Quest BFF? Out of curiosity. Oh man, it might have been a yeah, yeah. Yangus is a good choice. Yangus is a very good choice. I feel like Silvando too. Yep. Trying to think here for me. Who would be my best Dragon Quest friend that is not a slime? Because all the slimes would be my best friends and if I could have it that way. But they're always very nice in any of the games where they talk to. They are like... Oh, they are so cute! They, they're just chatting it up and don't hurt me. I'm a good slime. Can I can I be friends with the Saber Kitten? Why Why not? In Dragon Quest Five, you are. Because those Saber Kittens are adorbs. I'm trying to remember, like... Who like who would be my best friend? And I am like on the struggle bus. What is the characters that ugh, she fights with her fists? Alina. Alina. That's okay. That's Sarina, what I Alina. Was. Yeah, that would be the one. That's my best friend. Like good Dave choice. She is just Alina. Is fiery. She's silly. That faux Russian accent is terrible. And I, <laughs> I mean, and if we're talking about like full level puff puff, well then it's Maya. Come on, like Maya mm-hmm. or Deborah, mm-hmm. right? I think I would have a hard time choosing. Last yeah. night I was having a beer while we were playing some board games with the kids, and Maya was my coaster. <laughs> that's I mean, the perler bead Maya that I had sitting there. I was like, oh, why is this just sitting here? Cool, that's my coaster. Yeah, no, Maya, like, Maya, Maya my bear. is top tier. She's she's hot Dragon Quest top tier. You know, though, who I don't care for? Terry. Oh, God, I'm, no. I'm mad on the Terry bitch. train. So, yeah. Yeah. Who's the protagonist of the new monsters? Pietro. His name's Sorrow. Oh, Sorrow. Sorry. Sorrow. Where did I get? Yes. Where did I get Pietro? My bad. Um, but yeah, that's the. Uh, he's pretty cool. Yeah, he is. I can't wait for that game. Um, is anybody excited for Shuanyan Sword Mist Beyond the Mountain? No. 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 Not was at all. That, was that the one that one of us reviewed and gave Pascal it like a gal gave it a beautiful like. One, <laughs> which is very rare on the site now that Glenn Wilson doesn't, you know, do stuff for us. 
the rarity of a one does not happen, but uh, Pascal took some love, and he did. He got it afterwards with Lies of P, thankfully. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, I remember proofing that review, and I was just like, why did you take this bullet? This was not a bullet worth taking, my dear. And apparently it was masochism. <laughs> I mean, which makes sense. It's Pascal. We love him, but just sometimes it's self-respect with that boy. Is his level of self-respect as bad as Chris? No. Chris's level of not having self-respect is probably still the highest. I, I, I still feel bad for poor Josh who had to review like Metal Max Xeno and oh. Witch in the Hundred Night 2. And he had like a string of bad games one year. Yep. And I just Gosh, I say, almost Please. did that Xeno. I want to say Pascal did that one too. Uh, we had like a couple. Pascal or Paul? One of the two. Oh, of it might them. have been Paul. Yeah. And I remember because the suffering came back and we all went, Do you have self respect? I mean, I said that because that's what I say to everybody. Um, the answer was no. You know, Kel Surprise here. But uh, yeah, no, we, we don't speak of, of Metal Max. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like the fun ones that Gaijin reviews, because those at least actually sound fun. See, this was right after I joined RP Gamer and I had listened to Q&A Quest Forever 2. Um, and I was like, oh, a Metal Max. And that like came up as a available code right away. And I'm like, oh, this seems like a game that lots of other people are going to want to. So, I, you know, I've only been here a month. I'm not going to throw my hand up for that. I'll keep playing indie stuff for a while. And whoo, bullet, that bullet. dodge. Yeah, completely. Well, um, if you're into masochism, that comes out on uh, Switch in the Windows Store on December 8th, the Schwan Yun game that we well, hated. And here's the thing. Pascal liked the one that he did play, which was Seven, because that one came out first in English. Yeah, and I think we... that's where it was coming from, was just he thought, well, you know, let's see where it started. And it's like, oh, boy, that was a change. <laughs> Maybe for the better. Who's our um, little whoops? He played that one, too, didn't he? I believe he did as well, yes. And we've also got uh, War Tales out on Xbox right now, which you can buy for $40, or you can download it via Game Pass. And, yeah, it's you're fighting plague stuff, apparently. As oh, one does. Wait, Phil, you did a deep look of this. Uh, which one? War Tales. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, don't, don't. It's, I don't know. <laughs> Just read oh. it, it. It's, I don't, it, it starts out really good. I love my CRPGs. I love tactical combat and stuff. And it's this idea that you're, you know, it's this idea that you're a bunch of farmers and you're going out and just taking on the world because you've got nothing else left to, to do. There's a lot of um, uh, pressure on anyways because uh, refugees are kind of coming in. And so you you, you, you decide to go out and, 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 and do this, um, you know, to, 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 to do these fortunes and stuff. Well, and, and attack other mercenaries. And it starts off pretty good. I kind of like the idea that, hey, we're just using a bunch of pitchforks and stuff, and we eventually work our way up to using plate mail and everything else in between. But then it it kind of goes, like, as you get bigger and bigger parties, bigger and bigger things that are happening and going on at the same time, it can kind of slow down a bunch. If you've got the patience for it, it's really, really good. Um, but I don't. Like what he all said, <laughs> life's too short. And mm-hmm. I'm just not, I'm just, as I'm getting older, I'm getting less and less patience for playing like inventory Tetris and things like that. I just, right. I don't want to spend uh, that again. That's the problem. I, mean, I love the story in Baldur's Gate 3. Oh my gosh, do I love it. I love the writing. The combat is okay. It's fifth edition. So, you know, they did the best of what they got. But, but then when it comes to inventory management and, and clicking on every single 
chest and every single box and every single crate and everything. That's what War Tales ends up kind of becoming to a degree. It's a lot of management. If you're into that, you're going to have a paradise time here. And, and then our last release date, Hammer Watch 2, is going to be released on consoles on December 12th. And this is a really colorful hack and slash. Uh, really beautiful pixel art. Um, something I might have to wish list. So December uh, 12th is Hammer Time? Yes. Hammer Time! And that is all the release, well, all the new release Ooh, dates now. Pretty. C- confirmed release dates. That's uh, Phil right now. I need a jingle too. I just, I think I need a jingle. Yeah. All righty. We got Achilles Legends Untold. So all these, these are games that have all come out recently. Achilles Legend Untold for the PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series XS is out. Uh, I have no clue what that. I don't know what half these games. I'll be honest. You really, guys, you really need to go to rpgamer.com <laughs> and read the new release roundup and click on anything that looks interesting to you. Etrim 20th Anniversary Edition. I didn't even realize this thing was out 20 years ago in 2003, but it's a thing. And it's out on Steam and GOG for your PC. Now, something I am a little bit more familiar with is For the King 2. Uh, that's coming out this week on Steam and GOG. That's kind of a board game. Uh, slash roguelite wrapped in, uh, you know, made for the PC. It's not really based on a real board game, but it has a very board game feel to it. Uh, the first one was very interesting. We take three party members out through kind of like a board game RPG type of adventure. It's a lot of fun. I got a number of friends that are into those games, and it's it's really good. I highly recommend it. Uh, so for the King 2, very excited about that. We have Little Goody Two Shoes for a PC, PlayStation Five, Xbox Series XS, Nintendo Switch out also on Steam. Uh, it's just everywhere uh, you can go, and that one looks really really cute. Little Noah Science of Paradise. Um, that is on Xbox One, Xbox Series XS. It was originally released on PC, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch. And it's a casual roguelike game. You can check that guy out. My Time at Sandrock, the sequel, sort of, to My Time at Porsche. Uh, I This one looks really, really cute. A farming type of Harvest Mooney sim. If you've never seen My Time at Porsche before, uh, go and check that. It's on the PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series XS. Nintendo Switch, uh, GOG and Steam and all that other jazz uh, is really, really cool. And then uh, Phantom Rose 2 Sapphire on the PC and Macintosh uh, has a very anime look to that. I don't know anything about that guy at all. Any y'all heard of that one? I remember the write-up from uh, Ryan's write-up from PAX. Um, mm-hmm. I like how the art looked. Do I remember anything else? Because he wrote 31 impressions and I per- a chunk of them? No. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I do like the sprite work. I think the sprite work is really, really pretty. Mm, cool. So that's a look, thing. It looks very, very nice. Um, so I would definitely check uh check that one out. And then we have uh, definitely uh one of the better titles, Star Ocean: The Second Story R. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, what what do you even say about that? It's crack cocaine. Right. Just go and get it. Tony, I don't even know why we have to read anything else after this. I'm already buying it. I bought it! I, f- yeah. I feel like back in the day, that was one of the RPGs that really kind of sealed it for me that the PS1 was the, the system for RPGs. Yes. That's a that's a PS1 game I played. I really enjoyed it. I played two and three and Absolutely. haven't done one since, but that, that was good. I, I'm, I'm in the camp that doesn't like Star Ocean 3 um, for one explicit reason, which is MP death, which is still the stupidest thing ever. Oh my gosh. Screw you, you Star Ocean 3. Right? Mm. It was just like... No, no, okay, like two, two is... Th- 
things to come. Yeah, well, let me tell you, I played two. I loved it. I played three, and I haven't played another one since. So yeah, you know, I, I'm <laughs> I I love one. I think one is wonderful, if a little weird. I adore Maybe. two. Three is okay. I played four. I reviewed it for the site. It got a one and a half, and I got a lot of death threats. <laughs> I, I I am with you on that one and a half because Look. I. I hate that game. There was exactly one good thing about Star Ocean 4 and it's that battle system. That battle system had no right to be in that crappy game. <laughs> I didn't play 5, but I remember Mac gave it to me for free, so I'm I'm conflicted. And I do have Divine Force, and I've heard Divine Force is fine. Like, I've heard it's not that bad. It's fine, and I just hope college- your eyesight's good. I got new glasses, Kelly. Yay. <laughs> so we're I'm at some point going to give it a whirl. I mean, I, I I have a soft spot with Star Ocean, but it is one of those. It really is just um, petting Star Ocean, my copy of Star Ocean 2. I mean, it's so scuffed up, everyone, because that's how many times I've played it. Like, the I, box is in, in sad shape. <laughs> I still have the strategy guide, too. I just don't understand why 3 and 4 are so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Three has interesting ideas is the problem, right? Like there is some interesting ideas and it also just, I think went too, too far South with some of them. Like the battle system is, is it's okay. And then you realize you can die from M- having no MP, which I think is really stupid. I guess my problem <laughs> with three is that I, I was very bored by it. I wasn't. It is bored. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. I totally agree. Exciting with you. In, in any way. Um, like it's just, it's, it's pleasantly mediocre. Um, whereas, you know, four is just straight up offensive. Four is shit pressed into a PS3 disc. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't keep that PS3 disc. I remember when, like, I got sent a physical copy of it, no less, and then I finished it, reviewed it, and then went, so this is a thing I'm not keeping. Um, And I'm one of those people, like, as an RPG collector, like many of you are, you know, there's a part of your brain that's like, I should keep this because collection and then the other half of your brain looks at it you know and you go no you are you are (laughs) awful and i can get some nickels for you so i'd rather get those nickels i i guess i'll wait until it gets like stupid rare expensive and then maybe sell it but oh i couldn't have it in my collection like very seldom do i play through something and then immediately i'm like i gotta get rid of this because the only other game that did that to me recently was sands of destruction which i played for backtrack oh and you I'm remember sorry. how mad I was about Sansa. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm and, sorry that she tortured you like that. Hey, I got some good coin for Sansa Destruction. I can't complain. Um, I see it at my local retro store, and I know it's my old copy, and I just smile to myself because <laughs> some stuff was going to pay for it. And what then are they so charging got- for it? 150 because it's pretty it's actually pretty rare right so it's one of those i just look and i go well that's about what i got for it so i just smile at it when i go in and i'm just like some idiot is going to be stupid enough to think you're good and i i can't wait for them to bring it back (laughs) or maybe they'll love it and i'm just gonna be like who are you and uh i hope i never meet you i mean that's partly why i keep a lot of rpgs i hated around because you know there's a chance i might replay them again and change my mind i famously absolutely loathed uh smt3 nocturne on the ps2 and then what i read well i guess that wasn't the same copy that was the hd remake and i completely flipped on that when i replayed it 
Oh, absolutely. Very seldom for me does that happen. Nocturne was, I was in a similar boat with you, Kelly. Like I tried and I tried with the PS2 edition and I never got far enough to feel like I was making progress. And just in general, it's a game that makes you rage quit. You just get to Matador and you just go, I don't like you. I don't like you. And I don't like you. And now that I'm old, the HD edition comes with, you know, the baby mode. Mm-hmm. You know what? I played through the baby mode so that I could enjoy the philosophical nonsense, which is what I wanted from the game. Yep. Um, also, that- like, Team Freedom, Team True Demon Ending, because everybody's shit. <laughs> That being said, if we ever do an Astria ascending backtrack, um, I've I've got words and all of them are bad. <laughs> we'll save it for the list, Kelly, because we're gonna have to make that list soon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got three more shows for the year. Look, we gotta we gotta save some of those turds. <laughs> No, I I love a backtrack shit show. They 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 become some of the most entertaining ones. But and the and the best part is when I'm expecting a shit show and something surprises me, like the first Witch and Hundred Night. Mm. I want more of those. I really do, because man, when you get something that's like, uh, I don't know about this, and then you're just like, wow, this is actually fantastic, and I'm an asshole. I like those moments. I really do. That's why I, uh, Final Fantasy II when I played it. Like, I only beat it for the first time this year, and it's like, okay, I totally get why people hate Final Fantasy II, but Final Fantasy II also is so sincere. Mm-hmm. That's And that's what I struggled with. I'm like, you're so sincere that I don't hate you. Are you the worst one of the six? Yes. But guy speaks beaver. And how can I be mad at a man who speaks beaver? Oh, that being said, I think I did that Witch and Hundred Night backtrack with a very, very heavy asterisk on it for reasons that you your Canadian know. is showing, Sam. I know yeah. right? my favoritism oh, for beavers. <laughs> did my accent come out? It's come out quite a bit in this uh, last oh, little dear. bit. Oh dear! Oh dear! My Canadian accent showing. <laughs> now I'm oh. watching. Well, um, you could do more of your Canadian accent because now we've got editorials and you've got the first one, Sam. So let's oh. just let you summarize. Oh, so you guys want to know about Thirsty Suitors, eh? Yes. Ah, Thirsty Suitors is what if Scott Pilgrim and Persona had a baby? <laughs> because it is a it is about a girl who comes home and she has a bunch of exes who all want to get revenge on her and all she wants to do is atone for her sins <laughs> because she recognizes that she was a shitty person but let me backtrack for a second so you play as jala jala is a she's half indian half sri lankan she comes home because uh, she broke up with her girlfriend who you kind of find out was actually kind of sleazy and she goes home to her parents with her tail between her legs because she has no plans for college. She, you know, has nowhere to essentially go. So she comes home and her mom's upset. She's like, why aren't you going to college? And her dad's just like, oh, Jalubi, I love you so much. You're home. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. Mm. So Jala, you know, returns home. She meets up with one of her exes. Her exes is a journalist who's trying to figure out what's going on with the kids in Timber Hills because the kids in Timber Hills have fallen prey to a skater bear cult. Like, there is a bear, a man dressed as a bear, and there's a cult, and they all skateboard, 
And Tyler's like, Jala, you skateboard and you're really good at it. Go figure that out for me and get me some dirty details. And you're like, okay, thinking that maybe you'll get back together with your hot ex. Um, spoiler alert, doesn't really happen. Uh, but a lot of the game is Jala meeting up with her old exes. And the battles are done with a conversation style. So you inflict different vulnerabilities on the enemies. So they can be things like thirst, rage, uh, heartbreak, um, shock, and being impressed. And when you do that, if you get the correct vulnerability, the enemy loses like two to three turns depending on the battle. And what also happens during the battle is that Jala will have conversations with the people that she's battling. Um, it's more annoying in the random battles because it's all superfluous. Like, it's not that interesting. Other than you find out that, like, her pati, which is her grandma, has been sending randos to try to, like, marry her. And she's just like, I'm not interested in any of you because I got to work on myself, yo. And... <laughs> Uh, instead, you fight all of her exes throughout the story. So there is a wonderful, um, there's wonderful trans representation in Thirsty Suitors. There's also um, a really good conversation about uh, toxic masculinity, um, what it means to be an effeminate man. Um, a lot of the characters are just really well fleshed out. And Jala's not a good person by any stretch of the imagination. And as you play through the game, you see how she kind of is a lot like her mother, where, you know, it's that negativity, it's the anger, it's um, using humor to tear somebody else down. Um, and you start to see how Jala's harmed all these people over the years. Like, mm. the first ex you fight is the first boyfriend Jala ever had in the third grade. And Sergio, the boyfriend, he's been carrying a torch for her, like, up to age 25. Because Yikes. he recognizes that, like, she was the first and he couldn't let go. And so when they have their, like, makeup fight, um, which all the boss fights are closer to Persona, where they're very larger than life and kind of crazy, and all the arenas kind of reflect the, the mental status of the person. Um, again, Sergio deals with toxic masculinity, like, to the point where he buffs himself up in hopes that Jala would think he's sexually attractive. And she's like, but I don't find you attractive. Like, I broke up with you for a reason, and you clearly didn't get the memo. <laughs> and poor Sergio, you just kind of want to give him a hug because you recognize he's been carrying a torch for so long, and yet at the same time, there is that part of him that understands that Jala harmed him and that Jala perpetrated this bad behavior, huh. right? So there's these suitors, like, in terms of, like, a story – is fantastic and i mean it's a six hour game so like again you can knock it out in two days or you know a whole day if you've got the time but the storytelling is where the game is at like and it's definitely one of my favorite parts of it unlike scott pilgrim jala at least learns from her mistakes it takes when you think of scott pilgrim it takes scott pilgrim six volumes to finally learn the power of self-respect <laughs> Right, I, I had only ever watched the movie, and I and was enough. that impressed. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things. Like, okay, as a Torontonian, we take Scott Pilgrim very seriously. Right. Um, you know, it's it is our it's our city in probably one of the best representations of it. Scott's a horrible guy. You're not supposed to like him, and Jala is very much the same. But the difference, I think, um, between the two characters is. 
Jala's growth in the game in that six hours is incredibly gradual. And you start to see that she realizes the harm that she's caused, that she's aware of the mistakes that she's made, and she actually wants to fix them. Whereas, again, it takes Scott six volumes to realize that maybe just punching people in the face for a girl is not exactly the best way to handle the situation. So, not really. But again, all the exes are very, they're interesting, and a lot of them you can summon after you beat them. Huh. My favorite summon in the game actually is the first one you get. It's Jala's mom. Uh, she just beats the enemy with a slipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's adorable. And that's on top of, um, there is a really awesome cooking mini game um, that helps with the process of mending the fences with the exes. So after like you do certain story beats, the game will appear in like the the kitchen of the Jairatni family and you'll get a quest that says like make certain you know south asian dish for x character right um i spent a lot of this game like really hungry <laughs> because just like all the dishes looked really pretty the cooking mini game was so fun to play um and you get the banter between jala and her parents when you're playing the the cooking mini game it depends which parent you're cooking with um, again, like Jala's dad is just, he's the sweetest man who just wants to be like, he wants the, what's best for his daughter, but recognizes that his daughter is the one that has to fix her mistakes. Whereas Jala's mom is unfortunately that kind of stereotype that you hear about with an Indian mom, which is just high expectations and wanting what's best for their child. And you get both those perspectives uh, when you're doing the cooking mini game in particular, Um I would definitely say if you love a short experience and you love the idea of just this ridiculous world, because it is ridiculous. I mean, again, Scott Pilgrim, Persona, mashed together, Thirsty Suitors. It's fantastic. I gave it a three and a half because at the end of the day, I didn't love having to skateboard everywhere because the skateboarding is a little too Assassin's Creed where things get mm. stuck and you're like, no, no, that's not the spot I actually wanted to go to game, but thank you. Like, <laughs> like, there's a little bit of sticky control in there. And the other thing I didn't love necessarily was how the dialogue did slow down some of the battles. I didn't, again, didn't mind it as much in the boss battles, but anytime, like, you're doing any sort of random encounter, again, having Jala every other turn make fun of the enemy, it grates a little bit, and it does take away from the ebb and flow of the game, for sure. So I would definitely say, like, pick Thirsty Suitors up if you're curious. It's a lot of fun. Um, and there is just, there is a lot of heart in this game that I think uh, ultimately is what made it so appealing to me. So it was good. I enjoyed it. Awesome. And then uh, a game that I, I played a lot and Ryan Costa reviewed. I, I talked about this the last time I was on the show. Silent Hope, he reviewed. Gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Um, and that's probably what I would have given it. Uh, he said that it had, had solid and balanced gameplay, um, swapping characters and playstyles uh, on the go keeps things fresh, and the designs are adorable. Um, the negatives are a clunky UI interface in the base camp, and the princess does not shut up. Um, though they, they now she does, right? Yeah, they had patched that um, while I was in Japan, because that was what, what I played like that first week I was there. And I was so mad because I couldn't download the patch because of how hotel Wi-Fi always has that two-step verification where you have to accept the terms in a browser. So it's like you that get, wouldn't open you for you? Be, no. Oh, I, that worked pretty well for me the past two years driving around the country with my Switch. Huh. 
I, I was might... surprised, but it did because um, actually we just brought the Switch this year and the kids watched um, Hulu on the Switch pretty much every night at a hotel. Huh. I I wonder if I just didn't try hard enough. Um, but uh, I mean, I wasn't that much about it. I played that game muted yeah. the whole time um, just because I didn't want to annoy Vaughn with all the little yelps and monster snap sounds. But um my problem that I would have listed as a negative for this is also that a lot of the areas get repetitive really fast. Um, since every time you go into the dungeon, it it randomizes, uh, but you know it uses the same chunks of uh, area types just in different configurations. And towards the end of the game, you get so t- tired of certain layouts. Um, that would have been one of my negatives, but. Other than that, this was a really good game. Um, just wait for a price drop, probably. Price drop it. Um, and then we get an, a Persona 5 Tactica impression from Luis Mauricio. Uh, you could read about that on the site. Um, it basically, it just kind of goes into his opinions about what he played of the game. Uh, is anybody curious about this? This little spinoff. I, I've already got. I, I've already got pre pre ordered. It was my employee of the month award. Ah. I'm excited. I love Persona Five. I love Personas. Awesome. I'm oh, hyped. Yeah. Yep. And after proofing this impression for Louise, let me tell you, I was more hyped. More and again, hyped. I don't even love the Persona Five cast. Like they are my second favorite cast. If we're going three, four, five. I, uh, I am going to jump in because I feel like we don't talk about this a lot. Um, for those who are newer to the podcast or newer to RP Gamer in general, um, we are a fully volunteer run site. Um, there just isn't a lot of money in making a website like this as a hobbyist uh, sort of endeavor. Um, but one thing that we do do is uh, once a month we pick someone from the staff and they are our employee of the month and we buy them a new game. And uh, funding for that comes from people who uh, are kind enough to leave on ads on the site or who come to our uh, stream twitch.tv slash rpgamer and subscribe or donate bits. So for those of you who have asked in the past uh, good ways to continue seeing positive coverage on the site, um, those are your Two primary ways to do so. Drop us a sub on the Twitch channel. Uh, make sure that your ad blocker is allowing ads on RP Gamer. And I will talk back out of the podcast now. Um, I, I, I hate ads with the, the passion of a thousand suns. And even I have RP Gamer whitelisted just because I want to support. <laughs> Indeed. But yes, um, Persona 5 Tactic. Uh, it looks really cool. They've done they done some really good jobs with the spinoffs. Uh, I mean, the latest one, of course, being Persona 5 Scramble and being a kind of a Musou-y type of deal. And, and at first blush, it just would look like, ah, they're just kind of cashing in a little bit on the popularity and... Uh, I mean, Musos aren't really known for the great storytelling, so this is just going to be something where you just get to see your favorite Muso people, you know, kick butt. Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2 was a fun romp, but ultimately had a pretty shallow story, you know, kind of pulling it all together. Um, and it's not like uh, Fire Emblem Warriors had a mind-blowingly good story either. Not n- not a lot of good writing in these, these types of partnerships, but actually Persona 5 Scramble is actually really, really good. Uh, and and that and on that side as well as the gameplay, so I'm looking forward to see what they're doing here as well. And I loved I loved the um, I was the kind of guy who also liked the, the Persona Q games. I just like these. Oh, things. love those! Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. So these little partnerships that they're doing, 
um, to I, I, to me have at the very least been pretty good and sometimes been awesome. So I'm I'm very hopeful that it's going to be within that range somewhere. I, I'm on a wait and see status since I'm a little SMT'd out, as I said when I didn't really care for Soul Hackers too. Um, no, if, if it's good, I will definitely. If the if the game is getting a positive buzz, I will give it a chance. Oh man, does that make me the apologist for Soul Hackers too? Might be. It's a solid like three point five for me. I like so I like Soul Hackers too. I need I need to get around to finishing. I got too many games that I haven't gotten all the way through, but I put a good solid I don't know two three dozen hours so far into Soul Hackers too. I like it. To I, be fair, a lot of my issues with it got fixed in a patch, and I played day one. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. Absolutely. I, I I'll bet if I picked it up now on a budget price, I would probably think it eh, it's okay yeah yeah no i mean it, it, it definitely um did some some nice fixes and quality of life enhancements with the patches uh and i get where people aren't like you know people are disappointed and it's not exactly you know, it's not even close really to some of the other games that so what you kind of expect from the stuff it, it definitely feels like a bit of a rushed effort but I mean, for for me personally, it's still good comfort food uh, and 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 stuff. Yeah, the dungeons could definitely use more variety. They could use uh, better uh, design. Um, but uh, I still like the the combat and the story that's kind of going on there. I liked Sizo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's funny. Like his storyline for me was the best of the bunch mm -hmm. um mostly because he is again a character archetype that i'm just like yep nope uh just come here <laughs> we'll make out later come here <laughs> and that's my problem is just I, I that's where like i'm an apologist for it it's like final fantasy 15 i sit there and i go i know this objectively is not a good game but i also loved it for how wholesome the boys were mm-hmm mm-hmm um, we, we've also got an impression for little or a deep look for little goody two shoes. Yeah. Now, what is going on with this game? Because I saw a lot of uh, got a lot of emails from Square about it, and it looked really pretty. But I don't know what you're doing. Um, what I will suggest just is read Alex's impression. It really does give you a good overview of what little goody two shoes is and what's wrong with it. Okay. Um, it definitely, when I was helping Alex proof it, it's one of those games where it sounds like it comes across as it doesn't know what it wants to be. Like, does it want to be a dating sim? Does it want to be like this dark, no, dark kind of game? Um, and it just, it also is like, does it want to be a time management game? It's got too many hats. And my understanding is it doesn't succeed at any of the hats mm. when it really should have maybe picked one or two of the hats to focus on. I mean, and we've all played games like that where it's, yes. you see the large potential, but you see that the game has done too many things where if it had focused on one or two of the nine things it did, it would have been more of a success. And I definitely got the sense uh, that is kind of how Little, little Goody Two Shoes comes across. Because I was actually interested in it. And then after talking to him, it's one of those games where it's like, oh, okay. I might not actually be patient enough for that, and I'm probably going to be grumpy with the fact that it doesn't know what it wants to be. No, oh, fair enough. And I mean, there are, again, I play the Atelier games, and the Atelier games are some of the worst defenders for that. <laughs> so, I mean, I would say read that impression if you're curious. 
Um, but yeah, Square Square was throwing it like everywhere and to the point where it was like they would throw it everywhere, but they didn't tell you what it was. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we even had ads for it very briefly on the site. Um, but yeah, just I was seeing it everywhere like days before. And I was just like, it looks really cute. Like the art looks really cute, but I don't know if it's something I would personally vibe with. I uh, wish listed it and I, will, I might check it out on a sale. And that's what it sounds like. It sounds like it is great sale material. Yeah. Um, and, and that's all of the editorials we've got. I um, believe. Did you talk about Nunu? N- oh, wait. Yes. You're, no, you're right. Sorry. I accidentally closed a window. Um, we have an adventure corner, Song of Nunu, a League of Legends story. So they're branching out into adventure games now. Which yeah. Is, which is, is I mean, they, they you know, you got the, the card game I was mentioning earlier through Terra, and that does some storytelling. They've got that RPG out that escapes my mind, the exact title. Uh, that was decent. Uh, depends on who you talk to. I, I, I think some of my friends liked a lot more than others. And now you have, and then you have an adventure, an adventure game. So it's interesting to see them take the this universe and these characters and 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 try different things with them. Not my cup of tea, but no, I'm not and, into adventure games, so I'm not going to be jumping into it. But I, I, you know, and unfortunately, that's actually the sentiment Andron had uh, in his Adventure Corner piece. Is it's one of those? It's definitely for the hardcore League of Legends fans. Um, but it does a lot of taking the player's control and agency away, which that's a red flag for me mm-hmm. in an adventure game um, and not something I would personally enjoy. The character designs look really cute. Um, the little Yeti, uh, the big Yeti boy, like, I feel like you get a nice hug from him. But otherwise, yeah, he says the puzzles were not very well thought out. The character gimmicks were kind of dull. Um so yeah, Nunu is a no-no. It's a no-no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Well, there you go. Um, alrighty. Well, I, I think that kind of brings us uh, th- here to the end. Let's remind people what the question of the week is. Um, did have a good question of week, and now I can't find it. Here it is. What is your favorite loot game uh, or that you won't play in public? So feel free to hit us there up on RP Gamers website and and leave that there in the comments section, and let us know uh, what you think of that. So with that being said, I want to take a just a moment to to thank all of our participants today. Thank Mrs. No, we are not posting those pictures in the chat while Phil is trying to close out the show. Bad Matt. Bad, where's my square bottle? Where is it? I didn't have to look. Oh my gosh, I just look. I was just looking to make sure I got everyone's name and I had to see that in the corner. <laughs> I want to say thank you to Miss Kelly Ryan and Miss Sam Marcello and Miss Anna Marie Privetier. Thank all of you. I'm not thanking that other guy because he's just being mean right now. So we're not even going to we're not we're not doing that. You thank know all she of got you. married like 100. 12 years ago and she's I, Sam you know what? Now, her right? name no no her name says Sam Marcello here on Skype. So that's what I'm using. Okay. <laughs> that's what I'm using. Skype says it. It must be true. All right. I, I, Microsoft wouldn't Aww. lie to me. It just wouldn't. So are you, are you regretting leaving Backtrack to us now? No, 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 no. You guys are doing a great job. Okay, good. Yeah. No, it's totally fine. He's it's just totally upset fine. that Matt keeps sending naughty images. Yes, bad <laughs> Matt. I'm looking for the squirt bottle. Apparently someone needs some liquid punishment. I just, I can't find it. But also no. don't forget, folks. Extra life. Donate. Extra support. life, please. Yes. 
Yeah. Watch oh. Twitch. There's all kinds of nonsense coming up, including at 8 p.m. Eastern time. I hope I have that correct. We are having our Among Us Spectacular. There's no Chris to murder, which is very disappointing. Um, but since I think none of us have played in a while, this is going to be funny. You have a new uh, place to play on, too. I know. There's a new map. I'm going to yeah. have to learn new things. But let's be realistic. I'm still going to get stuck on that stupid card swipe, so it's not going to matter. And, and and yeah, and you can find more rpgamer.com, the Extra Life, uh, Extra Life articles, uh, pretty close to the top there. So you can also find out more information on exactly how you can donate. Lots of links to help you out with that. But until then, thank you guys so much for watching on the stream. Uh, but my name is Phil Willis, a.k.a. JC Servant, and we hope you'll come back next week for another exciting episode of RPG Cast. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye.